MMA Roadshow, episode number 270. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is with me. <gasps> yes. And a special bonus, the man now known as Hot Tea. There you go. Hot Carl. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is Oscar Wills for the Mag Life. It is our quarantine crew. We've been hanging out a little bit, so uh, we thought it'd be fine to come together and social distance all together today and talk a little bit of mixed martial arts. Gentlemen, uh, it is... Uh, it is hot in Las Vegas, man. Let's just let's just update the world. Uh, you know, all we've had to talk about is coronavirus and COVID nineteen for a while. Yeah, uh, it's hot. It's hot. The, the, the it's wor- super and, hot. Yeah. And by the way, bumper to bumper traffic on the way over here. I am I am calling for the world to go back in lockdown. I just <laughs> I, I I was sitting in traffic for the first time in two months and. Uh, I'm just ready to go back in lockdown. Yeah, it, it had to be an accident, though. There's must. no there's no businesses open right now. I, I don't know. You, did you see anything Phase when you drove? one reopening. I think there was an accident or something. But I had to, yeah. I had to jump off the highway and take some back streets and all that. And uh, phase one's too much. We it's gotta just go not back. safe. We gotta, it's, it's not, not safe. safe out there. we got to sit there right back inside. Yeah, I have to say, uh, when you go through the winter in Vegas, by the time summer comes around, you sort of forget. Like, oh, actually, no, I forgot. This is the desert, and it's unspeakably hot. And so, uh, lying in bed, slowly just drenching. Your, oh. your covers is not great. I think it's uh, I think it's 106 degrees, which I mean, usually, I mean, yeah, we're 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 late May. Usually, you know, by by June, July, it's I mean, we're we're basically June at this point. So this is 108 uh, right now. 108. So uh, on the weather got weather channel. It's yeah. 42 for the people who know the real oh. temperature. It doesn't even sound that right. Doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, 42. Ooh, the chilly. Put yeah, a jacket like, on. Uh, I'm gonna go inside <laughs> and put some more layers on. Uh, no, we're getting getting back to to uh, a little bit of life as normal, right? The the, the world is opening up slowly but surely uh of course everybody's you know taking things uh, slowly everything's you know still uh respecting the social distancing wearing the mask doing all that good stuff i will say uh it was memorial day this past weekend and of course man a memorial day a very very important holiday for all of us man i mean what, what it stands for and what we're uh remembering on that day but to be honest with you, I gotta be. I 100 open. I had no idea it was Memorial Day. I have lost such sense of time yeah. and whatever. I like there were people that were like sending emails or whatever, like, "Hey, enjoy the long weekend." I'm like, every weekend's long now. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? And I was like, oh, oh. So uh, I don't know. I'm anxious to get back on a little little bit of a routine. Yeah, I think. Uh you know when they said, oh, as we all went into lockdown, that by the time it's over, we'll all have felt it was for nothing because we won't have seen such crazy stuff. I have to say, the last few days, certainly since coming back from Florida, where we had a glimpse of the old world, yeah, you know, having a restaurant and stuff like that, the hotel, I have to say, it's starting to get like, okay, you know, we're reopening bars, but not really reopening bars. Like, you have to have food. I'm like, can we just get on with it now? Can the world come back? <laughs> I, I really am over it. I don't, you know, I will say I've not. I mean, I guess we've only been open a couple days, right, in, in terms of restaurants, at least from us being back. I, have, yeah, I haven't gone in. some of them. Yeah. It's not even full. I think the fourth is when more are going to open. I haven't open gone and up. dined out yet. No, same. I don't. Uh, I haven't either. Yeah. I have, I've, I've, been no, food. I've been no rush to, to do it. I mean, just to sit in a place. I am I am getting a little antsy because I want to feel that sense of normalcy and I'm Agent H and me, I think we're about to kill each other just because <laughs> we need to get out of the house. I never leave the house and now if I wanted to leave the house, there's no place for me to really go, but now things are starting to open up so it feels a little bit better. But she's been itching to get out and then today, before you gentlemen came over, I was like, Oh, I just want to go get something to eat and there it feels like there's more options now right. to grab some things to eat. 
But I still was just like, uh, I just don't have the desire yet to yeah. run back in. And it's weird. I went to a subway, and I was like, do I do I put the mask on? Do I not put the mask on? Because it had been a minute, you know. But mask I was like, oh, I was like of course, got to put the right mask now. on. That's right. Went in there. There was a few people that didn't have them. Of course, the people behind the counter did. There was another gentleman eating. He had his mask on. Or picking up food. He had his mask on. Um, and even then, I want to go back to the point where you can walk into a place and, like, sit down. But it's going to feel super awkward walking yeah. to a place, sit down, not have a mask on, uh, you know, because obviously you're not going to move the mask. Just have, you, put your, your, have you your checked food. in on your on your, on your your boys? It's like uh, – Sear Barbecue? Yeah. Oh, I've been Korean constantly is stalking them. <laughs> is, is, can Korean Barbecue exist anymore? Not yet. It's not It's not back yet. Because I heard that, like, like buffets at, at, at yeah, yeah, I think they they're have gone. To, I heard, yeah, like, Vegas buffets no are done. Yeah, they have to – we worked that whole that whole thing. You can't just have ladles and things of everybody just. So you'll probably still it. be able to like cook at your table, but maybe you just have to have the product delivered to you, and you have to request it or something. That that would be a. That, I, mean, I know that's why suggestion. people tune in to the MMA Roadshow <laughs> is to find out about the future of Korean barbecue. They really, really should. Though. But I know that means a lot to you, Cold <laughs> Coffee. That's that, just that, that, if there that, is a place that I'm dying to go back to. That is the one. That, that would be like if if the COVID nineteen pandemic had somehow like made. Uh, buffalo wings like impossible to access yeah like people would be concerned for my well-being so i'm, I'm concerned for your well-being <laughs> i appreciate that my mental my mental health is uh <laughs> teetering on the fact of when it's finally gonna open or not uh i am longing for that but yeah i mean as for getting out to a restaurant i think it'll be nice just to see people i think there's something about when you go out to a place and you see yeah. people outside of a grocery store because even grocery stores just feel weird because you're seeing people but everybody's still sort of like i'll stay on my side of the aisle yeah. you stay on your side and we're passing like two ships and it's like oh <laughs> keep your arms in don't you know don't so get you're too still close supposed to do like uh, if you go to a bar or whatever you still i mean are well, they so still six feet apart no, so so the bars that so bars that don't serve food are allowed to open on friday so an area of Incredible interest to me. That's why I know all the rules. Um, they, but you're not allowed going up to the bar, so right? So you're not allowed to go up to the bar to order. You have to sit at a table six feet away from everyone else at their table, and they come take your order. So if you imagine that, and you're wearing masks, I can't pick up a woman under those conditions, guys. You, I mean, I'm, 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 it was confusing at first. Unless you've worked in the food industry or hear somebody say like the term bar top, right? Because it was like you could sit at a bar top, but you can't go up to the a lot bar of top. Know what that means? And ask yeah. for ask for a beer. I was like, wait. So you could sit at a bar top, but you can't go up to the bar top and ask for a beer. That's interesting. Yeah. So the bar rail still has to stay. You empty can't, for now. yeah. You can't go belly up at the bar. You can't yeah. go up and ask for it. You suppose you have to sit at a table, and then somebody's gonna have to come serve you. So look, I'm, I'm I'm married, so I'm good, right? But you know, <laughs> single life in Las Vegas is tough enough, man. I can I, yeah. I've heard the stories, I, I, and I always warn people because my single friends always tell me it's hard to meet like normal people here in Las Vegas. Oh yeah. So I, I met my girl at a bar. As I said, it's hard <laughs> to meet normal people. <laughs> I still haven't met the normal people yet. <laughs> I've heard they're out there, guys, but yet to find the evidence. But because so, they but usually I was say, say, but the mask. I mean, yeah. I guess in some ways it could it could hurt, or in some ways like it might help some people, right? I think to be she honest, she had the most beautiful eyes, <laughs> the most god awful teeth. <laughs> it worked until the mask came off. Jeez, I would be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> oh, your teeth are fine, hot tea. Oh, thanks, darling. You're no, very English. Well, I just, you know, if my whole game is based around the accent and it's, <laughs> it's just going to ruin me. It's That's gonna, so true, yeah. man. The accent game yeah. is impactful. Uh, it's going to kill me. And then can you imagine this where you try and take a real like, big drag of a cigarette and then put it in your mask and smoke just pokes out the <laughs> side. Like, like a little, little oh, drag. It's going to be disgusting. So I actually, I, I think I'm going to be, if you go to the bar and it's like that situation, 
Yeah. Part of the bar fun is talking to people and right. just get. Yeah. I feel like if you all go there and you'll just sit on your sit own table, by yourself. that's not the bar, you know? So I'd, yeah. I'd rather just wait until they get. I'm sure, we'll get a report is, back. You let us oh, know yeah. how it goes. Let, <laughs> let us know well, if it's uncomfortable Friday enough. at 10 a.m., I'll be in there. Well, oddly enough, every person that is going to the bars doing whatever has that. Uh, Everybody has something they can talk about. They have that. They have the icebreaker, you know. Like whereas before, you it's like coughing? you make the. Yeah, I hear you. I can tell you're not coughing. You must be good. <laughs> but are you good? <laughs> I mean, it, you think gotta, about it. There's like, got to be some cheesy pickup line like are you, you, good? Good? <laughs> you got that antibody or something. Are, like you, <laughs> are you positive? Not COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be interesting. But I mean, uh, I think. It's funny because I think there are a lot of people out there dying. And you see this in states like Wisconsin when they uh, just said, hell with you, governor. We're going to go out to the bars. And they did their own thing. People are dying and people are itching to just get out of the bars. I, I, I have a feeling that, well, there are some of us that are going to be slow to kind of jump the gun and, and run out there. Because I, I have no real desire to just start hitting all the different bars. Right. I was talking to Oscar about this earlier. If my local watering hole was still in existence... Maybe I would want to get back mm. there because then it would feel like a, a sense of normalcy. Poor one after boomers. Yeah, right. But as for just like you know going to any any establishment, like I'm not itching just to run to a bar to have a drink just nah. because it's open. I think um, I don't think you're in the minority there, man. I think a lot of people. Yeah. That's why it's going to take a while. I think for the economy to really like definitely get back. Vegas. You know, definitely. Hit. Who is it? I was just reading in the paper, and even though now hotels are starting to open back up, some casinos are starting to open back up. But uh, one of the big gaming places here in town just sent letters of, to their uh, employees. Shoot, I, it was just in the paper uh, about them saying they're going to still have some layoffs because they're not quite sure of what the recovery. Yeah, it's so heartbreaking because here we are at a point where you think like, oh man, we're 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 getting to the other side of things, and you're still having major gaming companies sending letters to their employees, well, saying like, well, we're not quite sure how quickly it's going to come I back. Ha- I hate to say it because I mean, obviously, we like to just have fun and talk some fights here but if we're just being realistic about the world like even as we're starting to open back up a little bit i i, I just cautiously warn everybody like consumer spending is not going to be what it was yeah. before and that has a spiraling effect man I, I just i hope everybody realizes you know i'm not trying to you know be this bad news guy or whatever but like man st- still be cautious about your finances and all that because i don't think everything is going to come back like 100 percent. well it's yeah. also it's a catch-22 right because if you run out and behave as if nothing ever happened, and you spend, 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 try and get the economy going back, you're basically guaranteeing that in three months, we're back inside. Right. You know, if we go right. back out and just pretend like everything's fine, yeah. the virus is going to have a second wave. If you go out and you maintain social distance and we do it very slowly, that's not going to help the economy very much. People are still going to lose their jobs, but maybe we'll be able to stay out, you know? It's a, it's a balance. Yeah, it's a terrible it's one. It's so yeah. crazy. So what's happening with the uh, – since I know some people <laughs> use these apps, do people still – Tinder and Bumble, no, whatever. Look, this a, good friend, a good friend told me. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I was reading about it online. Um, look, look, people are bored. You know, yeah. they need people to talk to. But Tinder. Do they do temp checks? <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Well, Tinder, for some reason, <laughs> decide. I guess because business was down, Tinder decided that you didn't just match with people in your area; you match with people all over the world. Now, I appreciate that Tinder, but there's not a lot of good that <laughs> me matching with some fucking person in Sao Paulo is going to do me. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like. So they just started forcing that in. Yeah, they're just like, right, everyone, you can match with girl in Glasgow. I don't want to. They, you know, it just went on wow. and on. So I think they've, they've counted that down. But yeah, so I think. So it's still happening. Oh, look, people got to 
Got to spend their energy somewhere. Got to get that bedroom cardio in, as Colby Covington yes. would, would yeah, like yeah. to let I just know. hope people are practicing temperature checks. Oh, oh they, they are. Being, being just, safe. Just <laughs> interesting the way they're checking for Check, it. Check, check. <laughs> That's not where it goes. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some fights, man. We're talking about getting back to normal a little bit. Uh, we are getting back to normal. Uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission did earlier this week approve the UFC events. We kind of knew that was going to happen. I mean, you, you, the UFC was already, you know, flying fighters in, and Dana had mentioned he felt pretty confident about it. Uh, we knew we know that we're getting events May 30th, which is a Saturday, June 6th, next Saturday as well. A um, couple things I just want to touch on real quick. I mean, if, if anybody tuned in, you can actually call the meetings if you ever want to listen or whatever. But, I mean, the, the meeting. We'll make a comment. Yeah, you can make a public comment. They're allowed to do that. Um, can't ask a question. It's just public comment. You, that's right. They don't have to address it. They can't necessarily uh, They, they say that they won't address it. Yeah. They're just like, you can talk. We just won't, <laughs> yeah, you we just won't respond. We'll listen to it. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but, no, it, it was interesting. The meeting was, was very short. Uh, it was it was a telephone meeting. Obviously, nobody can meet in person yet. Um, it was very short. It was very quick. But I will say this, you know, from the, from the outside, if you'd never seen this thing before, you might be surprised. Like, hold on, man, they didn't even debate anything. They didn't even discuss anything. Yeah, that's just the way these things yeah. work. So I just wanted to warn everybody. Like, don't think that there wasn't a lot going on behind the scenes because it was clear that they had the plan in place. You know, they had the documents in place, um, and, and, and they had done their research. So it's clear that behind the scenes they were working on this all the way until that call on Wednesday. Um, but everybody knew what was going to happen. I will say, though, I was a little bit surprised that none of the commissioners, I don't know, made a statement or, you know, any kind of, you know, maybe one question. Like, I could see somebody going, hey, uh, you know, chairman just wanted to – you know, reaffirm that we're trying to do this in the best. You know, just something yeah, yeah. to show that, like, hey, it, it just – they did a good thing because as soon as the meeting was over, they basically sent out the documents to, to everybody so that we could all see and we could all post them online. We could see what they're what they're working on behind the scenes. But as the meeting was unfolding, they're like, well, what do you think about these uh, plans that we've got? It's like, yep, I, I, <laughs> I approve. And we're like, what are the plans? Nobody's even yeah. heard what the plans So if you only heard the initial report or you only heard the call – it seemed a little wild and and and, uh, and crazy, but then when you see the documents, um, you know, Oscar, you and I lived through the the Florida thing, um, man. What they've laid out here, we we've become very familiar with these yes. policies because we had to live by them, um, man. What they've laid out here is stricter than what we went through in Florida. And I will say, man, I you know we're, we're quick to criticize. I will say, kudos to the Nevada State Athletic Commission for 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 doing it, and kudos, I, I imagine, to the UFC as well. They said we'll learn from what we do. And we'll get better at it. And you can see that the focus of these regulations is really keeping that, uh, you know, that quarantine of each fighter intact, basically. I mean, they're making people stay inside, which for the most part in Florida, I felt like people did. But that we did see some social media where people were, like, making their way out of the bubble, which the paperwork we were given said stay inside the bubble, stay inside the hotel. But there were some people that, uh, that wandered about. And those new policies are really strict in saying, no, stay here, stay inside, stay away from other people. Yeah, I think in Florida, perhaps, maybe not leniency is not the right word, but it was the first time anyone's doing it, right? So it's a bit awkward to tell someone, like, hey, you can't leave this hotel. It's a bit, it's a little bit awkward to say that to, like, Henry Cejudo or any, right. you know, just for to take a name for, at random. Um, it's a bit awkward to say to someone you can't leave the hotel. I think for this one, they're like, okay, no, now we know you actually can't leave the hotel at all. Right. Not even to go for a run or anything like that, so... 
definitely from the language we read in in the, in the document i think it seems much stricter to me even even more stricter i think uh in florida you can tell the commission's influence right well so in florida right, there's a limit to how many people were in one room but it was i think a lot more open than in this case where i think the the limit to each room is very strict and i think if they don't obey it to the lesser the commission there's a reason why they've only got two events scheduled right now you know yeah i think so too and uh much much uh we you know we, we talked about it on the show man we had heard that there was less media that was going to be involved I, I still haven't heard exactly how many people are going so i don't know what the what the credential number is um i'll try to get that so we can talk about it on the uh, and a half episode from uh <laughs> patreon.com slash mma road show thank you to everybody that signed up by the way man we've had a lot of new you're, supporters you're welcome great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, thank you, Oscar. We'll have to make sure to say thank you on this episode. That's funny. <laughs> didn't know. Uh, so we don't know how many media are going to be there. What we do know is that um, the first thing is is weigh-ins tomorrow morning. Now, by the time most people listen to this, the weigh-ins will probably already be in the books. Um, you know, as always, we tape this on Thursday night. We release it as soon as we can. But I know a lot of people listen on Friday morning. Um, the weigh-ins are going to have a lot less people there. Um, for instance, Oscar Willis, unfortunately, you found out uh, you will not be there. And it sounds like... Uh, very, very minimal people. Now, I, I will say you're allowed to be there, but what they're doing for weigh-ins is at the apex, as far as we understand, at the apex, um, the weigh-ins will be held at the apex, and there will be a couple of journalists inside. I, I don't know exactly how many. I do know. Um, thank you that, that I was one of them, and I'm appreciative of that. So MMA Junkie, we will have a live stream. We'll have photos, we'll have videos. Um, the rest of the media that's not being allowed in, it will be in a media tent outside. Um, and so that's for the weigh-ins tomorrow. And, of course, only official weigh-ins, no ceremonials, of course, as you would assume. They will do face-offs. Um, and in order to access those uh, weigh-ins, I actually had to go this morning and take uh, another COVID-19 test. Thankfully, it is the uh, throat swab, not the nasal swab, because that nasal swab sucks. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the first step they're taking. And I know it's probably a little a little frustrating, I imagine, on your part that, you, that you're not going to be there to be able to be inside for the weigh-ins. But... Um, I don't know. It, to me, it, it is it is definitely showing that there, um, this is an extra step. Yeah, it's a sign of of them being much more strict as well. And I'm sort of, uh, I'm waiting to see how it unfolds because I remember in Jacksonville there was a lot of sort of, um, oh, it's all on the fly. You know, this yeah. is, this is this their first time doing it as much as I, is it, it uh, as it is ours. Yeah, you're putting you you come up with a theory, you come up with a plan, and then you got to execute it and, and kind of watch it unfold. Well, I remember when we went to Jacksonville, both of us said like, oh, this is not at all how I anticipated. It to be so I'm sort of curious to see how it how it plays out, um, but again, similar to what I just said a moment ago, the language of it certainly seems to be that there's no messing around at all. There's no leniency here. As you are in your spot, and that's the way it is, you know. Yeah, and, and is it assigned seats? Uh, probably it was in Jacksonville. I'm that's assuming thought, it would. Really, yeah, in Jacksonville, all of our seats were assigned. I, like, I remember seeing yeah, a, we came a name in. plate or something. Part of the reason uh, I was told for that is they don't want us lining up. Basically, you know, this whole thing is about crowds. You know, we always as a media. We we try to get there early, right? So we get our spot in line. They don't they don't want us lining up because and that's people that's people in a place, you know, congregating basically. So assigned seating, you know, they, they're hoping that it'll kind of alleviate yeah. people getting there early and, and bunching up. I mean, I always fought against that before because it was like a reward. Like, how do you? Re- I get it. You want to reward your these people with these seats, but it's like if I'm willing to get there an hour and a half before, like by God, put me in the front. Don't put me. On the third table back, just because. Yeah, but you can't guarantee the you know, people who get there an hour and a half early are going to use that spot correctly. 
I mean, they, might, they might just get there it, because it they woke true. up. Listen, it is day. something that I always said I thought a journalist association could address, and I'm not, I'm yeah. not picking on them by saying that. But like, would you be happy if you had the third table back? No. no exactly. No, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I, I'm happy that we're in that position that you get one of those ones, but I could feel the plight and I would feel the anger for some of the other well, ones. Well, that's why I say like, it's something maybe a journalist association could come up with a system where, like, look, some metric based on your traffic, your tenure. That's, what, you know I, what, that's I mean? what I was so I was thinking about it today. I was like, tenure, I think, should be valued. Um, even for guys who aren't even sort of, they don't do the video content, stuff like that. These guys have been around for a long time. You have to respect that. I think if you could do a, a sort of, rating system based on tenure consistent event coverage mm-hmm. and then a view count i think there's probably a way to do it but then at the same time once you start doing that it's it's sort of when you start like ranking the media members it's, i think right. it, at the moment it's we're all a bit it of a tra- weird we're a yeah. bit of a traveling circus we all get on there's a bit of competition but nothing too aggressive like you get in boxing yeah which we spoke about before i think as soon as you start putting rankings on it people are going to get a bit cutthroat and nasty so i'd yeah. rather yeah. As long as I was at the top of those, then yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, see, and that's why I get it. And that's why I get it. And that's why I always never minded the fact when it was like, well, if somebody was grinding and was trying to get there early, I was like, you know, I'm going to get there early because they're not going to beat me. So I wouldn't be upset if somebody beat me there because I knew that they got there early. Right. I just hate the fact it was like, fuck, if I try to get to there early and then all of a sudden I get in there and you're placing – so-and-so ahead of a spot that I would take. Yeah. You know, I can, I, I can get where some would be frustrated, but I I guess it's, it's a, it's a no-win. Especially win. if then that person rolls in like halfway through the weigh-ins or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? which happens, man. It happens. Yeah. So, so yeah. Again, certainly I, I, I've maintained the UFC's way of dealing with media is far superior to boxing because of that very reason. You get guys who show up as the press conference is wrapping up and then they march past everyone else to get an interview of the fighter on the stage and it's yeah. just like, well, you know, how about fuck you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's I've been here for four so hours because to, I've been yeah. here for four hours to avoid that very thing from happening. Yeah. It's really frustrating. Yeah. So that's that's Friday. Now, here's the deal for Saturday, which I find very, very interesting. I think people will, will, will be interested in hearing this. So I guess I should say this. So I took a test this morning. Um, the, the, the result has to come back negatives before I can go in. If it comes back positive, obviously I can't go into the it better not, John. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, here's the thing is that Maybe I... We all got it. That's why, that was one good thing when you were like, oh, I'm not positive. I was like, well, I'm... Cool. By I'm proxy, <laughs> I said to you. I was yeah. like, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty good. But you would think that you guys would already be notified by this evening. Yeah, they. I'm assuming they will because they'll have the result tonight. Um, obviously, we're sitting down kind of early in the evening, but I, I think they'll get it back tonight. But I guess what I'm saying is, so I got a test, but then I was able to go and leave, and I went back home, and I worked this afternoon and obviously now I'm over here. But my understanding of that is it's because I will have no access to fighters tomorrow. They want to make sure you're negative, but as far as you being able to leave and go do your own thing, uh, it's because you're not going to be talking to anybody. You're not going to be close to the fighters other than, you know, you'll probably be eight or ten feet away or whatever. Uh, But for Saturday, this is pretty intriguing. So Saturday, uh, anybody covering the event, we have to report uh, between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. to the host (laughs) hotel to get a test at that point. And then from there, we go into uh, a room. They'll basically have uh, individual rooms for all of us uh, at the host <laughs> hotel. And we will isolate until, t- I guess, I think the shuttle leaves around 2 p.m. or something 2 like 15. that. Is so, the host yeah. hotel still a secret? Uh, keeping that a secret? Well, I don't, I don't think it's a secret. <laughs> you ain't getting in. You can't get in, yeah. So yeah. I went in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want. I mean, it's the same hotel as the Contender Series. So I, I don't know that it, they're was, trying to keep it. <laughs> I was going to joke and say, is it going to be that crappy little place? <laughs> it is. No, it's the same. Yeah, it's the Holiday Inn that, that, that hosted the Contender hilarious. Series. But when you pull up, so when I pull Big up. Big diamond. 
big time in USC. <laughs> but and, and for anybody that doesn't know, it's just it's literally the, it's a block away yeah, from the Apex. It's it's super close. That's so that's why they're at a Holiday Inn instead of a big strip property, which aren't even open yet. So, um, but yeah, when you pull up, so I went to go get my test. When you pull up this morning, there's security at the front door, and there's signs on the thing that says "closed for a private event," and wow. there's security posted at the front door. He's rented the whole damn place. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to show your ID and, and, and get cleared to walk in. And they must and, be loving life right oh, now. Oh yeah, Holiday Inn's great. Like, they, had, they had nobody are they staying cookies? there. Are they making daily? I cookies? didn't check for the cookies. <laughs> I didn't check for the cookies. Those cookies are so good. Um, but they're doing the, and then they're doing the same system. I, I, I didn't use it because obviously I left. But um. You get a wristband to, to stay on property and that sort of thing. So they're, they're doing all that, the same thing they did in Florida. So Saturday, we'll go. We'll get our test. Then we go hang out in a room for, for six hours. We've been advised, um, you know, if, you, if you're, you're going to want a snack or anything, bring food because there will be no uh, room service or, or food available. And you can't leave. You've got to self-isolate. Um, right there. So I don't listen. I think it's called solitary confinement. Solitary <laughs> confinement. Self isolation. I like the self isolation. Yeah, yeah. It sounds, it's probably, much sounds pleasant. pleasant yeah. uh, so that's so that's what the system will be. So any anybody that covers the, the show has to get there between seven and eight, and then we'll take the bus over at two fifteen. I think the the first fights are usually at three thirty uh, local time in, in Vegas. So uh, it's going to be an interesting setup. And you know, I I, I guess I, it seems to me again. I think they're trying to do the right thing now. Somebody could poke holes and say, well, the incubation period is too – I mean, it's that whole yeah. thing, right? It's a two-week incubation period. Unless you're unless you're quarantining the people for two weeks ahead of time, there's no way to do – but I, I just think we're at a point now where it's like, listen, we're going to do the best we can. What? It's just, But it's just like we're talking about the bars being open, that sort of thing. Like, I think the idea in society right now is, listen, don't be stupid about this stuff. Do the best you can. Take all the precautions you can, but understand – there is no way to completely eradicate this from the planet. Yeah, I mean, also, if you think about it, because the incubation period was always the thing, I thought, in Jacksonville was a bit weird, you know, like you could, because you were there for multiple, for a week, right? You know, you could have suddenly developed it. But if you think about it, they can test you and get the result back same day. You're not going to develop it in the few hours after that test result. You know, you're not going to develop it suddenly as you're sitting there watching post-fight. I mean, some person's probably going to reply to this and be like, absolutely, yes, you can. But, Especially um, if you're tindering and swapping. It, it's all <laughs> <laughs> what? If you're swiping <laughs> it, right, it can pass like that. Um, no, but uh, it's all about just like <clears throat> confining the window that you're not uh, possibly positive, right? That's all it's about. It's about like shortening that window. So if we test you at eight, we get the result at twelve, and we know you've been in that one room. We know you won't have it. And I, I think in Makes sense. Yeah, in today's world, I think that's about as good as you're going to get, really. And I mean, it's it's so funny though. I think the outside perspective on us, John, when we were in Jacksonville, was maybe we were sort of being treated a little bit like, oh, these guys are down here, like they're just part of the crew and stuff like that. Right. I don't want to go and sit in a hotel room for five hours on my own with my own thoughts. That's very dangerous <laughs> for me. I'm going to feel like I'm going to be like, oh, mama. you know, it's going to be horrible. You guys could FaceTime. Rooms. Well, I feel like it's going to be like jail. We're passing notes, like chiseling through the brick. I'm just, <laughs> well, my plan is just go to sleep. Dude. That's just, not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go check Ooh, in. Who could get hammered? Go to sleep. Oh, no, never mind. Wait. Like, not Friday night, show up Saturday, still awake from Friday night, breathe heavily into their face as they test you, like, sorry, and then go to sleep. No? Okay. That's a plan there. I think you got an idea. 
Do not follow that plan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the fights we're going to. Now that you know what the setup is to it, of course it is USC on ESPN <laughs> 9. Let me be the voice of reason. <laughs> yeah, probably cold coffee shut that one down quickly. Probably probably, probably pretty smart. Uh, it, it is at the USC Apex, USC on ESPN 9, Woodley versus Burns, Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns in the main event. Um, it's weird, okay? I mean, it's a fight week, and I will admit, again, virtual media day. Excuse me, virtual media day today. <laughs> Sorry, that was professional of me. Virtual media day today. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, kind of the new norm, uh, and I, th- I think it's going to be that way for a while. I will say, uh, you know, I just don't feel like it's a fight week, man. It's ha- it's hard, man. It's hard. I don't feel like it's a fight week, and I'm not trying to say, you know, woe is me for my life. I'm just saying normally I want to sit here and be like, man, uh, we had this awesome interaction with so-and-so today, or so-and-so gave us this little nugget of news, or, you know, so-and-so was not looking good, or, you know, and yeah. I just feel like that's the biggest struggle out of all this is the value that, that we used to have of those interactions of, you know, nuggets of information, whether it be, you know, verbal, nonverbal, you know, physical, whatever it may be. We don't have those anymore. We don't have the 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 pre-fight face-off. Yes, we get the, the ceremonials, but by then it's, it's I mean, it's almost time. Anyway, Everyone's like, always happy at that point. Yeah, you don't get the, you don't get the, uh, you know, kind of set the tone early in the week. Like, oh, man, I wasn't expecting those two to square off the way they did or whatever. Um, I mean, I, again, I'm not complaining. I understand that's the reality of, where, of, of the world we live in. But I will say it's kind of an unfortunate, uh, I guess, reality of this is that I, the, once it's fight night, it's fight night. But in the days leading up, I, I, just, I don't have that, that buzz anymore. Yeah. Well, you figure most of our fight weeks usually – we try to set up something early. We're starting usually on Tuesdays. We get those those early pre-fight interviews, that, you know, sitting down with the guys on Tuesdays before we ever get to the official media stuff on Wednesday. So the, here we are on Thursday and whatever that mess of – the internet interviews that happened today is just like staring at a, a blurry image on the screen just is so weird and it's just sort of off-putting but it, it is what it is but yeah. for, for it to not feel like a fight week to the fact that we are already tuesday wednesday thursday three days into what normally would have been a fight week and i we haven't done squat in person no. we haven't seen anybody i haven't had to set up any gear haven't had to set up anything it's just like it doesn't. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't. The fighters love you know? it. You know, yeah, of course fighters they love yeah. it. I mean, t- you talk to everybody. Like their weeks are so much easier now. And they have so much. Le- and I, and yeah. I get it, man. Answering the same damn questions yeah. over and over and over, and having yeah. so many less obligations, they love it. Um, but I do wonder. You know, I, I mean, I'm sure at some point, you know, about once once we get a vaccine for this thing, once we figure out a way to fight it, you know, sometime next year, I imagine we go back to normal. <laughs> yeah. But in the interim. It's just I, I don't know. It's it's hard to like. It was a, man. We already used to talk about how hard it was to build buzz for things, right? You know what I mean? Because the yeah. world is moving so fast now. That's what I feel. And I I understand this is not the the biggest star driven card ever, but I feel like it's tough to get something going. Well, also I think if you, it, I think the people listening to this will relate because if you look at the business side of it for us, if you look at our numbers, it's the simple fact of the matter is people don't click on Skype or video interviews right. like they do in person. That's just the across the board. Maybe if you get a good, uh, so a, a big high-profile fight like a 249 post-fight, you might get some clips. Yeah. But there is, it's a unanimous feeling apparently that it's less interesting to watch someone on a Skype call than it is in person. Right. 
probably because you can't get the same emotion. And we we spoke in Jacksonville about how they don't have to give you any emotion because they don't even see who they're well, talking to. They yeah, they just see they see in their self. Yeah, <laughs> they're seeing. Well, yeah, and that's why some of them themselves. won't even look at the t- at the the computers a lot of times because they see their own. And reflection. now they're wearing masks. You're getting even less. Poor Hannah yeah. Cyphers today. I was going to say, <laughs> as Hannah the president Cyphers. of the Hannah Cyphers oh Club, you know, how dare you say this She's is not like, an so exciting fight? So it started out. So Tyron Woodley was the first one. He came in. He sat down with his mask on, and I was like, Oh, he set the tone. I was like, I wonder if this is part of the new protocol. Now, it turns out that they were allowed to take their their mask off if they wanted to. And by the way, yep. uh, they were sanitizing in them, sanitizing the area in between each Kudos one. Kudos to Lily. Every yeah. single one. Every single one. Every single one. Uh, but he said, so, you know, so you've got the mask on. And like I said, if you're, if you're Hannah Cyphers, who's already so so quiet anyway, she talks yeah. like this because she's nervous. I'm I'm not being mean because I love her. She is amazing. Yeah. She's, she's a fun fighter. And like her shyness, I find absolutely incredible i mean yeah. she is she is hilarious like she's so like i i am i am fine fighting in a cage under the spotlights <laughs> in front of a thousand people but talking to a camera scares the hell out of me i find it yeah. hilarious but you literally could barely hear yeah. words she was saying, inaudible she's got her mask on. she was inaudible it was just like part of so many times during these interviews i just want to like virtually push the 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 computer closer because you can't hear them. <laughs> yeah. And with Hannah, it literally, I was like, if I could reach you the screen and somehow turn the microphone well, up. Also, <laughs> if, if you're used to like using a camera and framing, they're all different sizes. So then one person will be like, you know, some spill the whole screen yep. and they'll sit back. You're like, no, some no, move forward, it. Some it's, sit yeah, back. It's, it's, um, oh, listen to us complaining, but. Well, that's the thing is, I never want to sound like, oh, we're whining. Like, oh, dude, we still have jobs. I mean, yes, we've been going through furloughs. Of course, Coke Coffee's I'm furloughed this furlough. week. <laughs> I was on furlough last week. Um, so, I mean, I get it. Like, we've all been impacted, but we're still fortunate to have jobs. But, I'm just, you know, I don't. I never want to sound like whining or complaining. And I'm definitely not whining or complaining. I'm just saying, like, it, it's just it's these little side things that you never thought of where it's like, hey, man, we, we got to do this, and here's the solution. And then you realize, like, yes, that is the right solution, but – it has consequences you didn't think of. I think when the virtual media days first started, uh, I think yourself and even I could understand to some degree, like, there's a positivity in there for us. You know, it's less strenuous work. The, you know, the hustle and bustle of the media, is, it's, for me, the most fun, but also the most stressful part of a right. fight week by by far, especially if it's a big card with Connor on it or whatever, uh, Jones on it or something like that. It gets a bit mess- messy. But having seen them in action, it's like, okay, I... I Maybe maybe not keep these. <laughs> these have run their course, and I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I don't know that we can. I mean, I guess I hope maybe after these first two, and you talked about it before we started. I mean, I guess most of the nation is in these kind of phases or whatever. And once we get to to phase three or whatever, hopefully there comes a point where like at least we could go to the host hotel. Take a test, pre-fight press conferences. Do, yeah, yeah, and do so, you know whether it be a press conference, whether it be. Uh, you know, a, a scrum where we're all apart, but you know the, the 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 equipment is six feet away and it's sanitized. I don't. I hope we can get to, because again, I, I don't think we're going to get back to normal until we have a vaccine or a treatment for this thing. But hopefully, we can figure out something from where we are. Because as a fan, I, I just got to imagine as a fan. I, I mean, first of all, I know that some bands are so hardcore, man. They go, they go to junkie, and then they go to fighting, and then they go to. Yeah. Where, you know what I mean? They go wherever. <laughs> Mac life. Yeah, 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 Mac life. Yeah, I'm sure they do. You know, they bounce around a little bit, uh, and, and they see the different interviews. I, you have some pretty good interviews, man, I'll, I'll say. You, you go a different route. And I'm sure they want to see all the different stuff. You know, I now we all have the same thing, and it's and it's crappy at that. So I got to imagine as a fan, like, thinking about the days when I used to be, like, thinking about fights and I want to watch. What are people saying? What are people doing? Like, man, you click on that, that stuff. I mean, hey, we got it there for you. At least it's something. 
But I gotta feel like for a, for a fan, it's just like wholly unfulfilling. Yeah, it's it's pushing it to the limit of what people I think are willing. I think it was one thing when it was the first one where like, oh okay, we got to do with what we got to do. But at this point, it's starting to get to the point where it's like, we got to have a better solution or just fix the internet or something. <laughs> like yeah. why, after so many events, can't we get a decent image, a decent somewhat of a picture? And it's just it's just frustrating because you watch it. And it, it's tiring on the eyes. And, you know, after a while, you're just like, uh, but that could be partially because we're watching every single one of them. That's true. And it just gets, you know, in the media days now are lasting, what, like three hours because they take time in between these these fighters. They're staring at a blurry image for three hours. Literally, by the end of it, I just want to jab my eyes out because I can't tell if <laughs> allergies or it's just watching a blurry screen. But I feel like <laughs> my eyes are, are currently just like my eyes are watering after watching this stuff. But... Uh, I think it's gonna. There's gonna get to a point. I think where people are gonna get over the fact of that they're thankful that they're seeing stuff because they're just gonna want something better. Yeah. Because we're so used to it. I mean, I think all of us pride pride ourselves upon making sure that the color looks good. Make sure your composition looks good. You know, you want to get that clear image. Make sure it's po pointed the right way. Make sure you're pointing <laughs> the right way. Make sure your audio is good. All these things that you know we got to these positions for doing, and then now it's just like. We're, we're rushing 10 miles back the other direction and just being, well, just deal with it because it, it's what you have, you know, and yeah. it, it gets a bit frustrating, you know, but when I was thinking about it, it just popped in my head because you were like, oh, if there's a way to separate. Imagine in the UFC, in the uh, in the, the UFC headquarters, they got the media room and then they got the workout room. They have that giant window <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the media room. <laughs> With just the put the fighter on the other side of the glass, put all the media in the media <laughs> room. amazing. And then just put uh, like some mics on one side and put the a mic stand on the other <laughs> and we would literally have inches of glass the, the so we'd all sit six feet apart in the media the, room the, but the funny thing is is and this is the world we're living in is it's all optics right it like essentially in same same with florida if we've all been tested and we're all negative surely we're in our li own little bubble of the old world and we don't shouldn't care but it's all optics well and i started thinking too like now you start to about like the two-week incubation period and that sort of thing right but, I mean, like, we, you and I have a two-week history of testing now. You yeah. know what I mean? We've been tested multiple times. Got tested when we got back from Jacksonville. Yeah, so we, we were tested there, tested when we back. But it's the whole damn thing of, well, you could test and then get it five minutes later. It's like, but I'm not interacting with people. Yeah. You know, oh, it's just this guy. Yeah, <laughs> you, you all probably have the herps after this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about catching coronavirus when yeah. I come over here. Bro. I wonder what smell on the microphone all was. All kinds of other stuff. But it's 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 frustrating, and I think uh, I think for all three of us as well. Not that we're control freaks, but certainly when the control is taken out of our hands, and you're watching oh, just yeah. a laptop screen, you're like. Fuck man, I, I just wait. Oh yeah, yeah. Really I, kind of I love the people I work with, but when I have to mess with some of the stuff they shoot and do whatever, I literally want to choke myself out. <laughs> but I, but you, do I love that, them, you do that late at night anyway. You know? I, I do quite often, <laughs> and during the day. <laughs> well, you're in lockdown. What are you going to do? You know, uh, but yeah, it, it you're. <laughs> it's funny you say we're just a bit of control freaks, just a little bit. Um, I look forward to the days and and. I feel like we're getting to that point where, you know, someday down the line we're all going to look back and laugh at all the stuff that we're bitching and moaning about. I hope so. I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for that future. Um, but I'm, I was hoping really with some of these events that they would start pushing in that direction. And it doesn't sound like it from at least this first one or even the second one that it's going to start getting more. It seems like they're inputting, like you, from what you said, putting more restrictions yeah. than what Jacksonville. So I can see where Jacksonville, they're kind of looking back at it, you know, like it was a petri dish and then looking to do what, 
what was right, you know, give less things for people to pick at, which I, I agree that maybe something should have been done better, but um, I just want to see the point where they're going to start pushing forward, and it feels right now they're still pulling in the pullback phase for some of these things. So here we are having multiple events in Vegas, but it sounds like people are going to have even less. But I think you have to pull back because of the political climate. I think Nevada, in order to get approved here, you had to pull back even more. Yeah. I, I don't think the UFC really wants to pull back more. I just feel like yeah. they felt like they had to pull back more in order to get the approval. And then, as you said, hopefully – you know, they get a couple events in in, in the in the books, and then they can you know ease restrictions. I, w- I would wager Dana would probably be like, get tested at the beginning of the week, and if you're negative, we pretend it doesn't exist. Right. I would wager he'd be that comfortable with it. Yeah. But he gets tested all the time for what it's worth. But certainly, I I think we've said on this before. The governor in Nevada has been very very strict on lockdowns. has been very very slow to reopen. Been very very um conscious of the health stuff and I think the commission is certainly getting their cues from him absolutely you know so okay, I, it's a it's a governor appointed yeah, position yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah if they if they don't pay attention he can easy I thought that speaking of I thought uh, people were being replaced I thought Bennett was done <laughs> there were a lot of people that said that wasn't he was that the end of 2019 supposedly yeah, there were a lot of people that thought he was out but he's going to hear this and be like you I'm supposed to talk to him next week. I'll ask him. Like, bro, I thought you were getting kicked out. Can you ask him to like Damn. lean up on the media stuff? Uh, uh, let, him go. let him go. All right, let's talk about the fights themselves. As long as he doesn't start calling us wimps. <laughs> nah, <laughs> who would do that? Uh, the bald guy. The bald guy. <laughs> Such a great tweet. But why did Ali Abdelaziz say the bald guy was right? Because <laughs> he was talking about oh. himself and Dana. <laughs> Too funny. All right, Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. Uh, certainly the uh, the star attraction here on this card. Uh, I'm intrigued by this fight, uh, and, I, and I've said it you know a, a couple times in the, in the lead up to this, talking to some different people. I do not believe this is the number one contender fight. I do not believe that would be fair. I I, I understand the welterweight division is a bit of a mess right now, um, mm. and I really, to be honest with you, don't understand exactly what's going on at welterweight. You got you got Kamaru Usman who's still unbooked. We thought it was going to be the Masvidal fight. The Masvidal fight hasn't been booked yet. You got Covington leaving American Top Team. Uh, and then, you know, Abe Kyle was out there saying he, he always fulfills a promise. And they're talking about a rematch with Nate Diaz. Of course, he did say I would offer him a rematch. He said it in the cage. I am I, – no disrespect to those guys because I love Masvidal and I love Diaz and I want to watch him fight anybody. I just don't really want to watch him fight each other again. We, I feel like we already saw it, you know, especially with there's so many intriguing matches going on right now. Covington leaving – makes me think that Covington Mazidal could at least be a possibility. I mean, that was the whole thing, right? Like, there's not supposed to be tension, and then, then there was, and, and maybe they're fighting each other. I, I, I don't know exactly what's happening. I think it's a crime. I understand that uh, I'm probably in the minority here that a lot of people feel like Edwards is the, the, the left-out guy and they don't care about him. I, I You look at what he's done. You look at the winning streak he's put together, and you look at the fact that his last loss was to Usman. Uh, I feel like it writes itself there. I mean, I feel like that's a good fight, especially right now when you're not worried about live gates. You're not worried about selling tickets. I mean, why not put it on now? So I don't know. It's it's such a, a mess right now at welterweight, uh, and there's so many different scenarios at welterweight. But I, I guess I throw that all out there just to say that you know I've seen some people saying, "Hey man, could Tyron sneak in a little bit? You know, could Gilbert on the hot streak sneak in?" And to me. I don't think either one of these guys is deserving of a title shot right now. And I mean, no disrespect to the guy. I just feel like there's a lot of names ahead right now. But I am intrigued by the fight because there's so many question marks around Tyron Woodley. You know, a, a former title holder and a great title holder at that. But didn't look good last time out. And it's been a year since then. Meanwhile, Gilbert Burns tearing up the scene. Amazing since he moved up to 170. 
has fought in this environment. He fought down in Brazil, so he's fought with no crowd. He seems to be the new flavor. I, I'm very intrigued because it's a crossroads fight. So I'm not intrigued by the stakes, and, and I don't like talking about is this a number one contender fight because I don't believe it is, but I'm, I'm intrigued by the fight itself. Well, the funny thing is is I would completely agree with you that this isn't a one, number one contender fight, nor should it be, but with, and all due respect, guys, with the way that Usman, Masvidal, and Covington are all behaving right now, if someone nego negotiates the wrong way, they could turn to Woodley and be like, he can go right in there. So, you true. Know? so um, the, the, the it's funny that welterweight is always seems to be the one where people sort of chirp up. I actually think Leon, like you said, Leon's the one who's been hard done by the most. He was yes. meant to get this Woodley fight and now it's been taken away from him and you sort of get the feeling if Woodley wins, he, Edwards will somehow drop down the pack. I, I think, to be honest, if you look at the, the weird thing about 170 is the fights actually book themselves. Right. It, like, Usman should fight Mazador. I think Covington should fight Leon Edwards. That'd be great. And then That'd I think, if, I think, it's funny that Nate suddenly on the cards is like, has anyone told Nate that? Because I get the impression Nate's probably somewhere very unaware that Mazador's fighting him in two months. You know, I, I think that might be a negotiation figure. But then do Nate Connor. Connor hasn't got an opponent. Like those, those three fights seem to be the easiest to book for me. And yet, someone wants more money. No, he wants more money. I'm asking. It just, it's a story we've seen before with a lot of these guys. But I think, I don't think this is a number one contender fight. I do think it's interesting to see where Tyron's at. He's talking a big game. He's saying he's, his loss has, has rejuvenated him. It's it's brought him on. But I remember one of the big criticisms about him losing to Usman was, you know, the rap album. Was that distracting him and stuff like that? And then he's just appeared on the Titan games with The Rock. And it's all like, well, are we seeing history repeat itself? I think if Tyron wins this fight, realistically, he's in exactly the same space as he is last week. I, yes. d I don't think it's going to propel him anyway. The logical fight for him would then be Leon or yes. Covington if yes. Covington would take that fight. Whereas if Burns wins, okay, now now Woodley is, um, sorry to say, pretty much out of it at that point. He's out of the talk of that sort of top tier. And then, then you can sort of look at where <laughs> which one of the top four can we get to accept this fight with Gilbert? So crazy. I mean, Masvidal is yep. the clear number one. <laughs> so sad like that because he... If Gilbert Burns beats them the fight Leon. contender, yeah, he's still going to get – he's not going to get the title shot after that. If anything, I feel like it's trying to give – Gilbert has just really sort of come – I don't want to say come of age, but he just really has been shining oh, lately. He's he's, yeah. he's, he's saying the, the right spotlight. things. He's doing all the right things. I feel like this is more for his benefit, but unfortunately, I still feel like if he wins this fight, they're going to make him fight another one of the top oh, five guys. Yeah, he'd have to. And then that would be maybe well, the official contender fight, you know, so I kind of feel but bad But even then, him. it probably wouldn't be, because no, maybe not. Even, even if he fought Leon Edwards, you could say whoever wins that, well, you're still behind Colby, or you're still behind, you know, Nate, like if Nate beat Mazador, then he's fighting his, you know, it's just... Yeah. That would be really, really shitty if they did something like that. Oh, they never, I, they never would. I feel like if for Burns, <laughs> yeah, right, they would never do such a thing. You have to feel that if Burns gets uh, a win or even an impressive win, I would say if he had just an outstanding, just somehow pulls out some round one crazy submission or knockout that would cause Dana to say, okay, this has to be the fight to happen. I feel like he has to have one more fight, but that fight, in my mind, should be the number one I, contender fight. Yeah, I think Burns can take a big leap. I don't. I mean, he, like I said, I don't think any of us believe he can be a number one contender. But Burns can take a big leap here because look, if he does win, and I'll I'll, I'll tip my hand, I, I pick Burns going into this right just because of the question marks around Woodley. If Burns wins, I don't see him winning over the course of five rounds. No, I, I don't think see he'll him, finish. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a, a nasty finish early, whether it be a you know impressive submission or a big knockout or something like that. It's going to be round one, round two. 
Um, I don't think he wins this thing late. So, yeah. I mean, I think he could take a, a, a big leap up. Do you know what I think about the welterweight division? It actually reminds me of the lightweight division over the past few years, where you've got so many popular fighters. You've got Khabib, you've got Conor, you've got Gaethje, that someone like Tony, who didn't get popular until very recently, like Leon Edwards, is looking on the outside and he gets his shot and then someone comes in and gets his shot. It's and goes, yeah, it's just, just, it's just completely it's a, it's a good yep. comparison and it's funny because, you know, Connor, obviously the biggest star in the sport. He can and he's, he's potentially about to do this. Yeah, and he's talking about going to 170 or 186 points or whatever. What was that? 176.37. By the way, that was the greatest thing ever that Anderson Silva put 176.37 because I thought Nolan King was – Nolan because we're short right now. We're, on, we're you know running a, a short staff, so Nolan was an, running an editorship by himself, which he's, he's done a great job for us, but he's still re- relatively new. And I thought – I had, had not seen Anderson Silva's original post that Anderson had probably posted something in kilograms. He went and you know okay, did the conversion it. and then put the decimal points, which nobody would ever do. And I was like, damn it, like why did he do this? And then I saw the original post and like Anderson yeah. put – that, anyway, long tangent there, but I thought yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. And, and Nolan had an awesome headline because he put the decimal points <laughs> in there. Like, that was phenomenal. But, yeah, I mean, at Lightweight, you said it. I mean, you know, Connor, it was, it was, it was always this damn thing. Like, well, hey, you're number one contender unless, unless Connor wants to yeah, fight. Yeah. And now at, at Welterweight, you got two of those guys because you got Mazidal, which I guess it's not fair to say that Mazidal because he probably is He's the number one the contender. Number one contender. Yeah. So I guess maybe it's not fair to say it, but you got Nate that can jump in there and, and screw things up all of a sudden. Colby can jump in there as well. Like it, 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 the, the funny thing about unlike Lightweight, which Lightweight was congested because none of them could get their schedules sort of right. synced up. Welterweight is, feels just like it's so weird that they're, they're negotiating so hard because there's so many other people that they could throw in there. But then, ironically enough, that other person always negotiates too hard as well. I cannot believe we haven't moved forward further in the welterweight yeah, division. Yeah, like Masvidal Usman is, you know, Dana said that's the International Fight Week headliner yeah. when they had their little thing in Miami. So you'd think from then they would have done it. Then apparently Usman negotiates too hard. So I'm surprised they haven't turned to Usman and said, well, we'll make Colby Masvidal for this title. Don't think we won't. And then Mazdal negotiates too hard, so then they can say, well, we'll do the rematch with Colby. But then Colby, re- you know, it's oh. uh, the, all three of them. It's frustrating. It. Hopefully we get something worked out. And all by right. the way, they, they all deserve as much money as they can of get. Of course, yeah, but yeah, not, yeah, But it's just the weird trifecta of it all. It's frustrating. Crazy. All right, let's do this, because you talked about the way Woodley was talking. And again, uh, we don't have any, uh, you know, original audio or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, <laughs> I, did, I did think I would share a few minutes from the media day. Uh, at least I went through and adjusted the levels and everything. Maybe, <laughs> that's good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Because that's another thing. The audio levels are all jacked up. I don't know. But I'm, <laughs> no more complaints. No more complaints. Uh, here is what uh, Tyron Woodley had to say earlier today at Virtual Media Day. We will kick off the first question with Danny Segura. Danny, please go ahead. It's been a long road for you to get to this moment. Um, now that it's finally here after you know all the hectic situation with, with COVID-19 and the postponement and everything, um, how good does it feel to finally be in, in fight week? Uh, it feels great. You know, I mean, everything happens for a reason. I think it was a blessing in disguise. I had a chance to really just um, grow as a fighter, mentally get myself prepared to fight and, um, you know, add a new wrinkles to my game. And now it's a more prepared, more focused, tired woman. I think that's a fighter that the fans deserve to see. Yeah. It's, it's interesting times in your division right now. It seems the title picture is not all that clear. We thought that Usman was going to face Masvidal, but it seems that's not really uh, working out at the moment. Do you think a, a win on Saturday could put you right in there and, and maybe you're the one that challenges Usman next? You know, I think just when I win in a dominant fashion is going to set up a lot of wins for me. It could be a fight against Usman. It could be anything. But I think just going out there Saturday focusing on that first and not looking so far down the road is um is what's going to help me out in this situation. Yeah. 
and and obviously you were a very dominant champion. Um, can can you explain what kind of happened in, in in your last fight with Usman where you lost, and have you made any changes or any adjustments since that bout? No, I really can't explain what happened, so I didn't really have to make adjustments because I just wasn't in my body that night. So uh, I haven't really watched the fight, I haven't really focused too much on it. Just focus on moving forward from it, and um, that's what I'm doing right now. When you say you weren't really there, like I guess if you can elaborate on on that feeling, like what exactly were you feeling when you were? It's kind of hard to elaborate. You have to just be in that moment. You have to be a fighter mm-hmm. to understand. You know, every fighters have those those fights where they just felt like they weren't in their own body. And um, it's, it's very difficult to explain. So um, just know that I'm prepared, I'm focused, and I'm ready to fight. Yeah. And I recently spoke to uh, Burns, and he said that, you know, basically speaking on that performance, he said basically that you're, you're no longer the beast that you used to be. Do you think people are putting too much stock on, on that performance? Yeah, I just don't really care what anybody say. You know, I'm out to say anything. Gilbert Burns is saying what he thinks you guys want to hear, as well as many fighters. That's what I, That's my issue with the division right now. Fighters are not being themselves. Fighters are being what they think the fans want to see, what they think Daniel wants to see, what they think the UFC um, sees as a, a fighter. I'll fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. And that's great if you really do that. But he'll see Saturday. And we'll take the next question from Jeff Wagenheim with ESPN. Jeff, please go ahead. Just in general, you're, you know, you're, in, you're in Vegas. The, the fight capital of the world is, is, is uh, back in business. Um, what, what are your thoughts about about that, about, you know, the sport was on and kind of a, on a pause and, and without really without a, without a home. And now uh, now the, the UFC and the, and the, the sport of MMA is, is back in the, in the fight capital. What are your thoughts? You know, I just was, you know, being positive about everything. You know, I think God has, you know, sovereign, you know, rule over everything. And I just been really positive about all the things and just trusting myself and doing everything to be safe and precautious, to keep myself away from certain people to, you know, only train with a certain group of people and just everybody being respectful of the fact that if one of us tests positive for COVID-19, none of us make money, none of us fight. So I think the UFC themselves have done a great job. And what I've seen and what I've experienced so far this fight week, they've taken every precaution to make sure that we are safe. And that means a lot to me and it means a lot to the fighters. So um, when I get on the octagon, I'm not really going to think about it. It's, it's less distractive, it's less... Um, demands is less media on face-to-face there's more time to rest and focus on the fight and train to cut your weight and our next question will come from gabriel pangalangan with dojo drifter gabriel please go ahead hey tyrone so the last year has been a busy one for you you know you were in thailand you released an album you're on the titan games what was this year about for you was it getting rid of distractions or what was it all about for you uh, just growing just growing and dealing with problems you know i had to deal with the fact that i lost my belt and it was something I didn't expect to happen. I, I expect to retire, you know, as a UFC champion after, you know, trying to chase down a, a record of George St. Pierre. And, you know, sometimes you get hit with someone blocks and you got to be able to evolve from that. So for me, it was just basically reprioritizing my life and putting myself back in position where I can be the dominant champion I once was. And it was a lot of refocusing and a lot of, you know, getting rid of things that didn't belong in my circle and, you know, whether it was people, whether it was things I was doing, time I went to sleep, what I was eating, how I was training. And I just got back to the basics. So now I'm the Tyron Woodley that, you know, the fighters um, should be scared of and the fans should be excited to watch fight. That's awesome. And then after the last pay-per-view was UFC 249, some people attributed Tony Ferguson's loss to having too lengthy a camp. But you yourself, you've had two camps already, one for London and now this one in Vegas. 
Was having two camps a, cons a concern for you? And how did you make any adjustments to make sure you wouldn't be overworked? Tony Ferguson's loss wasn't due to two camps. It was due to his game plan. It was due to his, you know, he, he's tough. He's too tough for himself sometimes. And you got to have a plan. You got to have the ability to call audibles out there on a, on a field, as you would say. So he didn't do that. You know, you can't just stand in front of Gaethje and you hear those punches just hitting him. You know, with no audience, it makes a lot of a lot of noise. So you you can all just imagine what it felt like. So he needed to switch things up, and he didn't do that. Um, I don't know. I can't vouch for his training camp. I wasn't there. I don't know what he did. But I know each time we got the training camp or the or the date pushed back, then I elevated the training because that means that if you elevate the training and when you go to tapering into the rest stage, you should compete at a higher level. So I just addressed my training camp to peak, and now I'm set to peak on Saturday. Okay, we will move on, and we're going to have Mike Heck. Mike, if you are ready, please ask a question. Gilbert's had a lot to say about the road to, to getting this fight booked, that you didn't think he was a big enough name, you turned it down three different times, he's lost respect for you, and that you really didn't have a choice but to take this fight. At this point in your career, do you even pay attention to what people are saying about you? Do you need any extra locker room material at all? No, I don't. <clears throat> and I, I don't pay attention to it because one, I'm out to say anything, too. At the, at the point, they're doing what they have to do. I didn't ask to fight Gilbert. I asked to fight Leon. I didn't ask to fight Kobe. I didn't ask to fight Usman Till or none of those guys. Those guys asked to fight me. I was the guy. I was the person that was at the top of the food chain. And they wanted to fight me, and they should. Because when I was at their level, when I was at a, a, a position where I wanted to get the opportunity, you know what I mean? That's what I had to do. The way that they're doing it is really corny. But I was able to do that with respect. When I wanted to fight Carlos Conde, I said, nobody want to fight him. I'll fight him. I'll step up for the challenge. I never had to disrespect him. I never had to talk bad about him. I was a, I'm was, still a fan. Carlos kind of may be my favorite welterweight to watch, even over George St. Pierre, just because he used his abilities and maximized every single time. He always gave us 100% effort and win, lose, or draw. He was exciting to watch fight. And he was a humble guy behind Sage. So I gave him respect the entire time through. And I got to give, I got to be real. Usman gave me respect as well. You know, I really don't have an issue with him. But some of these other guys are just, you know, you're doing too much. You're not even yourself. It doesn't even resonate well with the fans. And that's the reason why you don't have the following you should have. That's the reason why you haven't gotten the fights in the past. And this, for these guys, is just really a blessing in disguise because the opportunity for international fight to happen at this exact moment is not really there. And people yelling and talking about they're fighting anybody anywhere, anytime, that's going to help them right now because at this point, you know, it's going to be a position where they, you know, may have those opportunities. So I'm looking for a performance. I really don't care. I don't need Gilbert to respect me. I'm respected by the world for what I've done. And then last thing for me, just to add to what you just said, is is just getting a win enough for you on Saturday? Or does this need to sort of pose as a reminder that you were the guy who won and defended a world title several times and finished a lot of guys on the way up? Is this going to be, is this, does this need to serve as a reminder to all of those people who may be doubting you? I mean, for the rest of my career, just winning is never going to be enough anymore. I made that commitment to myself. I made that commitment to my coaches, to my family, that if I'm out there, you're going to get maximum effort, you're going to get maximum performance, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to send messages every single time I fight. It's not just because it's Gilbert. It's not because I lost my last fight. It's not because I won a title shot. It's because I'm capable of it. And if you're capable of it and you don't do it, then what are you out there for? So I'm going out there every single fight for the rest of my career, and I'm going to let everybody know that I'm the best.
All right, that was Tyron Woodley uh, at Virtual Media Day. Uh, shout out to uh, the UFC for making that happen. I appreciate what they're doing, but I miss the media day so much. <laughs> Sorry if it was a little garbled there. I boosted the level, but Tyron did have on a mask the whole time. Um, listen, interesting. You know, he admits he wasn't there the last fight. I think we all kind of know that, but for him to admit that is, is is interesting. And, you know, I think his explanation, maybe a little bit more would have been nice, but I, I understand he's basically just saying um, – that, that he's having an off night. But, uh, I, I, man, I kind of like the Tyron Woodley with a chip on his shoulder. Even though I, I, I told you guys earlier I'm leaning towards, you know, Gilbert Burns, I, I like I feel like when Tyron's kind of, like, backed into a corner or feels like he's got something to prove, like, that's a more dangerous Tyron. That's why I went with Tyron on this one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think Gilbert is probably one of the nicest guys that you can uh, ever meet. And I think he's on such this crazy – rise right now maybe it's because i feel like man we, we we're seeing the dude just kill it in submission grappling oh, yeah. all this other stuff he's just got all this momentum but i i do feel that right now woodley understands that if he loses this match he's not going to get back to the title fight again again probably mm-hmm. and i hate saying that because he's still so talented and he still is yeah, so we just rattled off just names such, i mean like yeah he's, he's hardly a young man he's yeah. been doing this for that's 10 it. 20 that's years it. now or 10 years he's got a family he he's not i don't want to say getting on in age because he's probably 10 years younger than me but uh, you just feel that with what he's done he, he should be happy with what he's accomplished in his career but i just feel Losing to a guy that could be perceived as either number six, according to the UFC rankings. Um, if my web browser was working right, I would tell you what ju- <laughs> MMA Junkie has him ranked at. Uh, I just feel like it's going to be a super tough road. And then let alone the, the distances and the times that some of these fights are happening. I just don't see him getting back to that, that, that welterweight title. Well, also, I think when Woodley dropped the title to Kamaru with that performance as well, it's no secret. Like He wasn't exactly their favorite champion. Yeah, They had... In their roster, do you know what I mean? So I think when he lost, I was like, "Well, that's the last title fight he'll ever yeah. get." And I think the only ti- the only way Woodley gets another title fight is if he starches, yeah, a couple people, like a couple, Burns, yeah. Leon, then you're back and it has this gets a real following. But it's there's a lot on Tyrone. Yeah, this fight, you know, like all the talk he's saying is exactly what you want to hear. But he better be able to, yeah. to back it up, you know. And and just thinking back and watching that, remembering that fight, and you know, granted, it, it's been a little bit of time, but. I just remember feeling that Usman was so – I don't want to say if dominant is the right word. I just feel that if it got back to that and it did happen to be a matchup, I don't see it going a different route. I see it being the same one. I, I just think Usman, how he's fighting right now, has Woodley's number. And I would rather uh, – not that rather, but I just feel that it, it, even if he everything worked out for him and he was able to get back there – I just feel that Usman's the 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 younger, newer, better version than what Tyron brought to the table. Mm -hmm. I just remember a lot of times in that fight, I think it. I think by the third round, I was like, he's going to lose his title on a drubbing decision. You could just tell he was not. There was nothing. He was not. I was like, you know, he's he's not even he's not even throwing a big right hand to try and catch him. He wasn't doing anything. It was like he'd already. It's like given up isn't the right. No, he just completely throws. He just completely, and you could you could I could see in him like that's just like. I'm not feeling it today, you know, and um, I I do think he'd perform a lot better, but I think skill set wise, I mean, Kamara is just relentless, you know. Yeah. So I think I agree with you that maybe it's just the old school meets new school kind of vibe, but I would understand why Woodley wants that fight back, you know. Yeah. Of course. You know, like how to to lose your title is. It's one clear thing. he was flat that night. I yeah. mean, take nothing away from from Usman, man. That was a great performance. Yeah. But it's clear there was something I, not right. I, with I wouldn't yeah. go. I wouldn't go as far as to say. 
Woodley lost, Kamara didn't win. If you know that old right. saying, yeah. but I wouldn't go as far no, as to say that. Far, yeah. I wouldn't go as far yeah. as to say that. But you know, like he made it easy for him to win. It didn't seem like he yeah. had his best stuff. Basically. You know, yeah, right? yeah. Just, you know what I mean? Like you, you were waiting for excuses. You're like, was he sick? Yeah, it was he just it wasn't very it wasn't the Woodley that we thought we would but see, I think, and I think that's why I said I'm stressing you know lifestyle changes, not just you know yeah. not just focus, not just a fight. I'm stressing <sighs> lifestyle changes. Yeah. And in and in that moment, you kind of want to see what the the version 2.0 would be for that fight. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, I would have to really see something in this fight to show me that there is some new wrinkles it needs to the to be game. A Robbie Lawler finish, you know that sort of like oh, big oh, like yeah. star knockout. I, think. I mean, that's the thing; he has the power, but you never saw it in that fight against Usman. Maybe he just never got a shot off, or he never got a chance. But I remember thinking that the whole time. We're like, "Where's the power? Where's the where's the throws?" It, you know, it, it's funny because if you think Usman's his last fight and he looked so terrible, the fight before that against Till. He looked yeah. great. Yeah, you know, yeah. He looked like a champion champion. Yeah. But then you think, well, Till actually looked like dog shit that night as well. I don't think he threw a punch himself. So you kind yeah. of like, mm. and then you think before that, you know, the last great performance Woodley had was probably the first fight against Stephen Thompson. So he was always a bit of a weird one to what, you know, he really got away from this murderous that's, knockout power. That's why, that's why I said, you know, it's I, a weird I, dude. I, I think if, I think if Tyrant executes at a, like if he's at a hundred percent, if he is vintage a hundred percent, I think he wins this fight. But to me, that's why I went ahead and picked Gilbert because I said, look, there's so many question marks around Tyron. I'm, I'm playing the hot hand. I wonder if Tyron's like, uh, he's almost too cerebral for his own good. If that makes sense. You know, someone like John who's got long reach and he's he's a di- built for distance, not necessarily for like just explosive knockout mm-hmm. power. It, it's in his interest to be smarter and stuff like that. But I wonder if Tyron outthinks himself sometimes where he's, he actually could be like, if I hit him with his right hand, he's going down. You know, he never just... You know, the, the, the biggest case of that that I always thought was, was Jake Ellenberger, a guy that had like incredible physical tools and then one yeah. day started to get like really... Uh, like you could tell he was thinking about stuff instead of just doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and when you start doing that, it's like, ah, it, it changes a little bit. So, dude, Crossroads fight. That's why I'm so intrigued about it. All right, let's hear the flip side of the coin. Uh, Gilbert Burns, completely different attitude, as you said. One of the nicest guys, friendly guy who's in good spirits, as, as you would expect. Um, but he understands what's at stake here, man. And, and uh, Kokoff, you said it right, man. This dude is – man, he has taken advantage of his time in the spotlight, man. He, he has worked himself into this. He's uh, he's having great performances in the cage, but then he's on social media every week going, give me that fight, give me that fight, I'll take that one. He's, you know, and, and, and he's meaning it, man. He's like, dude, I will mm-hmm. I will sign it, not just – He's not being cringy promises. about it. <laughs> no, just give me the fight. I'll take yeah. that. Got a spot? I'll take that one. Over there? I'll take that one too. So uh, the big, big moment for Gilbert Burns, Durino – uh, a good, good dude going up against uh, his biggest test to date. And here's what uh, he had to say uh, earlier today. Welcome to the number six ranked UFC welterweight contender in the world, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert, thank you for the time today, sir. Yeah, for sure. And we will take the next question from Jim Barcelona with the Miami Herald. Jim, please go ahead. Gilbert, what does this fight mean to you? Having UFC back in Las Vegas and also, I mean, main eventing this big card as well. What do you, how do you just put it all in perspective? Yeah, it means a lot. It's a huge opportunity to face a, a former champ right after his first loss. Like, like he lose, just lost the belt. And um, I'm here. I'm just putting in the work. I'm getting after calling everyone out. UFC, give me the shot. I'm just happy with this opportunity. And I'm going to give everything I have to earn that, that spot to beat title on Saturday. And I'm, I'm just super excited, happy with the opportunity. But... Focus on what I have to do. What do you think it will be like competing with no crowd? And do, are you just so focused on the fight when you're in there that you really put out the crowd anyway? 
Uh, I fought already no crowd in Brazil. That was the first fight with no crowd. The UFC Brasilia when I beat Damian Meyer. And uh, yeah, I'm getting used to it. Then I, 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 I kind of Vicente Luque on the UFC Jacksonville. I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay now. We're not for sure we missed the crowd, but um, I've been there before, you know. And we will take the next question from Cassandra Cousineau with Las Vegas Sports Biz. Cassandra, please go ahead. Hi there. Just wanted a quick question about fighting in the Apex. Your brother actually earned his UFC contract there um, at the Apex. How excited are you to come back and, and earn a victory this time for the family to go 2-0 there? Yeah, I was super excited. I supposed to come here with my brother, but I got a short notice in the UFC Uruguay on the same week that he fought here on the contender series. So, But today I give a tour on the, on the Apex and I, I'm facilities is amazing and i can't wait to make two and know for the burns family at the apex so this uh training camp you mentioned that you've talked to some of woodley's previous opponents not notably kamaru uzman what did he tell you exactly that you think you can use this weekend uh a lot of things he said like he he making him very uncomfortable since the beginning uh, he felt he was strong on the, on the early rounds, but then wasn't that strong to the later rounds. Uh, a little bit aggressive, but he said, I have good eyes. We train a lot. And he said, okay, see a lot of things coming. He's not going to be that quick. That you like Sometimes the guy hits you so quick that you're like, oh, like, man, he just hit me. Like, But he said, no, you can see. You just build the good eyes, keep fanning, moving. He gave me a lot of, a lot of good insights on that one. That's awesome. And Woodley has said that he intends to take you into deep water. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think you'll get to do that? And have how has your training been for a five-rounder? I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to be on the deep waters. I can't wait. I, I, I trained my whole life for that since the jiu-jitsu here with MMA, UFC. And I, I can't wait. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's see who's going to draw first. Oh, wait. You're not feeling a lot. You seem really relaxed. Do you think there's less pressure on you, despite this being the bigger fight of your career? Do you think there's more pressure on Woodley? He's always pressure. I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous, a little nervous that I'm going to do. I'm, that I'm going to fight. I'm not, oh, I'm doing the main event. I'm not I'm not biting to that. But you're always nervous. But it's all about control, you know. Every, everyone gets nervous, right? Should I think, oh, I'm nervous? No, everyone's nervous. And uh, it, it's it's... It's getting normal, you know, I fought, like, oh, how long ago, March 14, how long ago was that, like, I don't know, two months, three months, so I'm getting more more at home with the UFC, with the fights, and I feel comfortable, I, that's what I like to do, I, I'd i rather be here than, than at home, I'd rather be right here, right now, talking to you guys about my fight, making way tonight, waiting tomorrow, face off, relax, fight, That that's where I'd rather be here than... If I want to be here on Hawaii, you want to be here in Brazil, I want to be here. I want to fight. That's what I like to do. That's what I love to do. That's why I put all my energy. And I can't wait to Saturday night. I'm that excited. And i excited to, to the opponent, too. I want to face the former champion, see how it feels like. Oh, he's very strong. Let's see how strong he is. Oh, he's going to come forward. Let's see how he's going to come forward. And I just, I'm just going to enjoy this experience. And I believe I'm going to be terrible this Saturday night.
right, that was Dorino. Big main event in the uh, welterweight division. Uh, listen, I mean, the, the guy's got enthusiasm. He, he sees what's at hand. He sees the opportunity in front of him. It's a big moment for him. So, uh, should say by the way, if you like what you're what you're hearing, and I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> a couple of great guys like us just sitting around having a frosty beverage, got talking cold to coffee, MMA. got hot tea, come on, man. <laughs> cold beer. If you like what you listen to, make sure that you're uh, you're logged into uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure you just take a second to. Uh, you know, give us a little feedback. If you can rate us, that would we would appreciate that. Five stars would be awesome. That that helps us get noticed. Uh, if you can leave some feedback, review us as well, we'd definitely appreciate that also. Or if you want to take it to the next level, take it on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. That is the exclusive home of the and a half episodes where we recap every single event, have a little post-fight coverage. Uh, and we will continue to do that through these UFC Apex shows. Uh, we bring some other content for you there as well. Like a John Jones interview. The occasional random yes. John Jones interview will just pop up there. We'll get into that later. Uh, it was a crazy week last week. Uh, I was on furlough, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, shout out to everybody. We had a lot of new additions this past week. Uh, really cool pe- people in the journalism community uh, were, were reaching out. And I'll, I'll let them remain nameless. But there were a, a handful of people in the journalism community that uh, – that, that signed up to support. Really? Uh, yeah, and I thought that was so cool, man. I, I, I thought that was really nice. So I'll, I'll let them remain nameless because I think they were just showing some brotherly love um, and not looking for any, uh, you know, clout or anything like that. thought I was like so that. special. But, uh, and but it was cool, man. I mean, yeah, no, Oscar Willis, we called you out, dog. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> well, we, we know you weren't giving any love. We know you weren't trying to support the cause. <laughs> I just want to hear myself. You, you just know? wanted to hear yourself I'm talk. We knew that. Uh, but uh, we got a, a couple of uh, new ones. I-Car? Y-Car? Yeah. E-Car? E-Car? Shout out to Icar, Ycar. What are you gonna go with? Icar, Icar, Icar. All right, shout out to Icar, Frederick Hellstrom. Shout out to you, my friend. Frederick, uh, <laughs> Brian McMahon, Captain Jack Sparrow. By the way, that one meant a lot to me. Captain Jack Sparrow signing it up. <laughs> John Paul Cartledge as well. Yep, Ben Duffy. Well, see, that was one of those people I was gonna leave in the. Why? See, that's a journalism person. I wouldn't know that. I know. See, <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the names I got. <laughs> uh, too funny. It's not like, well, whatever. <laughs> hey, shout out to Ben Duffy. He is a fellow journalist who felt the who felt bad for the furloughs that we're enduring. Maybe he just wanted to listen to the show. He decided to help support us a little bit. Maybe he just wanted to listen. I, to I, the I show. doubt he'll ever listen. I'm just, I just think he wanted to give us a, give us some love. Maybe he just loves some cold coffee. He might have been. <laughs> might have been. Unless he's Holly Beck, who oh, Holly Beck only listens because she hopes that hot tea comes back on Holly. the Holly. That's why we had him. <laughs> Is that like a Tinder date of yours or something? <laughs> no, that's literally never knew that woman in her life. Sure, <laughs> I'd like to. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the rest Holly of this card just real been quick. Swiped right. Is that the good way? Right? That's a good way. Ripe, white, uh, low. Anyway. Right is good. <laughs> the rest of the card. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the rest of the card real quick. Uh, interesting. Nine contender series fighters on there. Uh, Would have been ten uh, had it not been for Kevin Holland, who I know we wanted to see fight, or at least I, I in particular wanted to see fight. Um, so that will be interesting because so much of this card is not really adjusting to anything new. I mean, granted, at contender series, there are some people at least, but it's not many. And I will say, the soundproofing in that place makes the crowd like really quiet in there. Like you, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, I think uh, if anyone expects a similar sort of um, quiet but fun atmosphere from Jacksonville, it's going to be different, dude. It's, it's going to be espe- dead quiet, especially if the commentators aren't in the room. It's going to be coaches only. Yep. I think right. The coach, which is uh, the commentators aren't in the room for Contender Series. We haven't been able to find out yet what the final setup was. I asked some people, and uh, they weren't sure yet. So uh, they can't be in there. I don't I mean, think they're they, going to be in literally there. Be Shouting at the fighter. It is it, that. I mean, that is a sound stage. So there's there's an incredible amount of soundproofing equipment in there. So as you said, um, and we talked about it a little bit in Florida. If anybody was listening there, like 
yes, there was no atmosphere in Florida, but there still was a little bit because there were some echoes and there yeah, was some yeah. there was some room to it. You know, the soundstage of the Contender Series, we've seen fights in there. It's weirdly quiet because the sound is actually absorbed, so yeah. it doesn't bounce back at you. It's it's odd. Yeah, watching it in the arena, like I, I joked about last, I was on the show. It felt like a billionaire with people fighting for you. When you're in the contender series, it's almost like watching a snuff film. It's a bit like yeah. this is intense. Like so, it's so quiet, so bizarre. All right, let's just uh, quickly, like I said, I, I don't want to break down the whole card. Of course, I mean the, the main event was, of course, the the, the chief attraction. But um, I, I'll be honest with you, I, and I I don't I don't mean to be critical of them. I'm a little surprised by the co-main event. But Goy even offers as Augusta Sakai uh, heavyweights. Yeah. They are ranked. Uh, in the UFC rankings, so I mean, it's I, no Spike Carlisle fight. Well, his, okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing is, I I, I don't want to take away from Blagoy or, or Augusto, man. The, you know, Augusto has an impressive career record. He looks like a guy on the rise. Blagoy, I mean, s- survived a stabbing in the chest, and you know, he's a super nice guy. He's been in Vegas here forever. Run into him at Extreme Couture all the time. He's very, very pleasant. Um, you know, obviously has the great story of beating Fedor in Combat Sambo years and years ago, back when Fedor was the man. Uh, so he has history, but just they're not the most aesthetically pleasing, stylistic heavyweights of all time. So I was, I was just a little bit surprised to see yeah. it show up in the co-main event slot. I mean, they do have the heavyweight factor for them. There's, there's always that X factor with the heavyweights. You know, maybe you are going to get this big uh, rock'em, sock'em, you know, exciting fight that can happen. And I think they do need to build up some of these guys in the heavyweight division. Sure. I mean, there are the, the, the guys at the top that everybody's sort of been talking about, you know, Francis. But now you got people talking like, oh, is John Jones going to come over to heavyweight? Is somebody else going to kind of come over to heavyweight? I think they... They're really sort of struggling to build the rest of the division, so this might be their attempt to sort of spotlight. Hey, guys, there are other people uh, in the heavyweights. It's just a weird one to me. To it spotlight. is a weird one. Well, I mean, like, so out of some of the other ones on the main card, you would think that I could have easily seen other ones get. I, I, yeah, I, McKen- I'm still Mackenzie Dern. I thought Mackenzie yeah. Dern would be the one that was yeah. in the co-main event. And it's also That's w- that fight of the night, marketability. <laughs> but when you talk about like. When you talk about hard hitting heavyweights, oh, you know, someone's going to sleep. I don't think of Blagoy even of, you know. No, he's a grinder. He's went a grinder. To, went to decision with Derek Lewis, right? Yeah. So I, I kind of, I don't really see this fight being a finish. You know, I think it's, I think he might un- unfortunately get a three this round. This could be the one. I agree. I this think this, <laughs> I think this could be like, you know, and, then, and again, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect them or anything like that. It's just, to me, when you're thinking about that action, you're building, I think you're going to build a little bit and then and that one's going to stall a little bit because, you know, you joked about Spike Carlisle. Spike Carlisle and, and Billy Corantillo I think could be a, a phenomenal fight. A it, was, fight. it was originally on the prelims. It got bumped up to the main card. I think this was a good call because it looks like it's going to be exciting. Spike Carlisle, of course, if you don't remember the name, just remember that demonic laugh he had as he was being introduced <laughs> by Bruce Buffer last time. <laughs> it, was just, it was so amazing. Uh, today at the media day. He had the most uncomfortable, and I, man, I wish I, would, I knew who was asking the question, so I'm sorry, whichever journalist it was. But he asked about the fight, and Spike Carlisle was like, you know, hey, what, you know, what do you think about the fight? And Spike Carlisle was like, what's a gift? And he was like, and, and, and the journalist was just like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> he's like, what is your definition of a gift? And he's like, uh, it's like something that somebody gives you that's nice that you appreciate uh he's like i don't know where you're going with this the journalist actually i don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was oh, nice. like so rather than just answer the question he was like what, what like what are you getting at and uh and, and, and so finally he gives it spikes like what's your definition of a gift oh my and so he God. gives a definition of a gift and spikes like 
That's what this is to me. To our peers in the media, sometimes you've got to play along, dude. Let them get yeah. their good line out. It Come was on, you funny. Know? He's like, I don't, what's, I don't, where are you going with this? I Sorry, I'm was, asking the questions here. God, it was hilarious. And then, and, oh, what did he say? It's, it's going to be a massacre. That's, he did say that. It's so going to be a massacre. So he's an interesting guy. And, oh, he also said, uh, I mean, he's an interesting cat. Like, he mentioned, like, his faith in, 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 in Jesus and all that a couple times. But uh, this this will be something I'll definitely ask if he wins, uh, which no no guarantee. Uh, Billy Quarantillo is a, a, a tough matchup, but uh, somebody asked him about his beard and his mustache and all that, and he said, "I don't really want to get into it right now, um, but I, these won't be going anywhere for a while." So I guess he's like just letting it all grow, like uh, Samsonite, like Samson or something. Yeah. You know Samsonite, so anyway, that's an interesting character. And, because, look, Spike Carlisle was originally on the prelims, but I think he's such a character I was going to tell people, make sure you watch out for him. He's on the main card now. And again, no disrespect to Billy Quarantillo. Super nice guy. Uh, he's up there in the Northeast, and he's a great he's a great fighter as well. So it's a good matchup. But Spike is just an interesting character. The other one I wanted to tell people to watch out for <laughs> is Brock Weaver as well. Yeah. Which Brock, Weaver, But I will say this. I think Roosevelt Roberts is, uh, which, by the way, he told uh, Nolan King this week, he doesn't really want to be called Roosevelt. He just wants to be Roe. But we we go with whatever the we go no, with whatever bro. the UFC goes with. Bro, uh, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> wow, just shut another. But Brock Weaver is such a character. Um, that's gonna be a hell of a fight. There's something about that's gonna be a scrap. Um, hell of a fight. But Brock Brock is a um, you know he's he's got Native American ties. That's you know that makes him interesting as well. But it's, you could take that out of the equation. And it's just, he's got something. You know, that X Factor, there's something about him. Yeah. You're, you're drawn to him a little bit. Well, I, I met Brock backstage at the, a Bare Knuckle FC event, I think, for Artem. Oh, wow. For, yeah, Jason. And if you don't know who Brock Weaver is, I, the best way I could describe him to you is that he's at a Bare Knuckle event um, cheering <laughs> him on. He was quite enthusiastic, and he was... Uh, He's a very cool guy. Yeah. But very much the sort of person I was like, okay, I would really hate to bump into you at a oh, bar yeah, or something yeah. like that, you know? You could tell he's 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 been in a street fighter too. Yeah, <laughs> or two. Yeah, I think so. But he um two dozen. He's got a career he's charismatic thing about him. I think he, he reminds me not to compare him to people, but he reminds me sort of like Mike Perry, you know, where it's like this guy probably just is a fighter, you yeah. know, just they're going to get in there and they're just going to have at it, and then sort of what happens happens, you know. He actually, so it's funny if you remember Brock, he came through the contender series, he's one of those nine guys. Then he his debut was back in February against Kazula Vargas, uh, his USC debut, I should say, and he got hit with an illegal knee. I mean, a viciously illegal knee. Yes. He was knocked he's out. out cold, yeah. So, yeah, so he he gets knocked out cold. He wins by DQ. Um, obviously, not the way anybody wants to win. He literally is like apologizing afterwards like bro you got knocked out by an illegal <laughs> knee you ain't got nothing to apologize for but it was funny he was kind of you know asked about today you know hey uh would you like a rematch he's like the only way i'm taking a rematch with that dude is if we get pride rules he's like because he did that to me and i'm gonna do that to him so you know like, what i mean so like that's 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 the guys the person but i i like roseville roberts a lot as well man bro. i really think yeah I, sorry i like ro <laughs> ro roberts is a guy that i think has a uh a, a lot of uh upside as well so yeah, that's one that's gonna be a hell of a fight that's going to be a great fight. fight. And then, of course, the main card rounds out with uh, Hannah Cyphers versus Mackenzie Dern. Um, you know, listen, bottom line is, is it's pretty easy, I think, to figure this one out. Hannah is – she's just a small person, man. She's small for the, the division. But if she can keep it on her feet – She's uh, got a chance. She's got a chance. Yeah. I mean, yes, McKenzie doesn't mind going in and scrapping a little bit, but she's a little bit wild. She's, you know, it, obviously her jujitsu pedigree is off the charts. If McKenzie Dern gets on the floor, Hannah's in a lot of trouble. Uh, McKenzie, of course – 
you know, has trouble making the weight. Now, she says she's not having trouble now. You know, she actually says uh, being a mom, pregnancy actually kind of changed her body. It's easier for her to cut weight now, that sort of thing, for whatever reason, which obviously, you know, a lot of chemicals go through your body. It does change. That's no pretend we know. Well, I only know because my wife, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched it firsthand, like how it, like, like it literally changes things about you. So that's the only reason. I, I definitely don't know firsthand, uh, but, I, but I know it from talking to my wife. But, um, but so anyway, McKenzie, somebody that, you know, had to cut hard to get to the division. Hannah, I'm imagining, probably just walks around it that way. Yeah. So there's a, there's a size discrepancy between the two, but the skill set is, is definitely a differential. Uh, Caitlin Chukagian versus Antonina Shevchenko. Um, wild for Caitlin Chukagian that she loses a title fight in February and then has to fight the champ's sister. I thought that was such a weird matchup. Now, I talked to Caitlin earlier this week. She said, look, I don't care. They're two different people. They're two different matchups. You know, I, I, I'm not worried about it. Um, I, I, I want to say this is on the prelims, but the UFC kind of treated this um, – like it was a main card fight. They gave them, you know, extra pre-fight media, all that sort of thing. So, I mean, this is a big fight in the division. Um, and, and, and Caitlin, Caitlin told me, she said, look, I, I feel like I'm not fighting with the pressure that I once did because now, you know, for the longest time, she was kind of the number one contender, number one contender. And she was saying, yeah. man, I, I knew I was in that spot. And, you know, she didn't say it, but I know she's not the most marketable person. Like, she's just, she's not, she's not out there. You know what I mean? She's just kind of her and she does her thing. And I, I think she knew that she was in a delicate position. So she, she said, look, I was just fighting not to lose, man. I knew if I lost, I was bad. Um, and I don't feel that anymore. So she's excited to kind of redeem herself a little bit, but, um, Anthony Shevchenko, of course, important to remember, uh, you know, just because you're somebody's sister doesn't mean you fight the exact same way as they do. Antonina a lot more raw in her MMA career uh, than her sister is, of course. Um, you know, Valentina, one of the top pound-for-pound -pound fighters on the planet, but um, still an intriguing matchup and an important matchup. Yeah, I think it, I look. I don't think it's any secret why this fight was made. You know, they probably look at the younger Shevchenko sister and think, look, well, we can we can bank off one, we can probably make bank off the other, and it. it in a in a weird sort of uh, movie way, like it makes sense. I'll fight the sister. That always gets people's attention. And then you can also think, well, she's a former. She's Kevin's a former title contender. So it make you know it's a big jump up in competition for Shevchenko, really. Definitely. So I think it's no secret what the UFC have booked this fight in mind for. And I don't think Chukagian's smart. I don't think she is unaware of why she's been put in this fight. You know, and I actually think there's probably a lot more on the line for Chukagian than most people think. I think. If you look at she just fought for the title and then the huge jump down in competition she's now facing, right? I think it's she probably wants to write that train pretty quickly because look, I just think of Liz Carmich. You know, someone could be winning and then suddenly they can think we've we've used you. We had the title fight out of you. So we don't crazy, need right? you anymore. Title yeah. fight and gone. Yeah, we don't need you anymore. So I, I kind of think maybe she might just uh, not not to put pressure on the woman, but she might need to be aware of that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, I'll ask you guys uh, for for one thing that you're looking forward to on the, on the rest of it, the rest of the prelims. Uh, Gabriel Green, of course, stepped in uh, to to face Kevin, or to replace Kevin Holland, I should say. Which I know we were all bummed about that man after everything that happened down yeah. in Florida. Uh, we were so excited to see him compete again against Daniel Rodriguez. Instead, Gabriel Green, uh, who seems to be a, a decent talent, he's stepping in. Uh, on short notice, Clinton Abreu versus Jamal Hill, Tim Elliott, Brandon Royval. Brandon Royval was supposed to be on the Contender Series, which is still kind of up in the air whether that's going to happen. I kind of lean towards no, that I've heard reports that it will. Dana said today he, in a – He said for sure it he will. He said it's happening this summer. Interesting, because I'd heard it was still kind of up in the air, so that's good, I guess. Because, I, I, to be honest, I, dude, I'd love it. If we can go Tuesday night, yeah. Saturday night, man, our weeks will be set. Ooh, that's, that's, be my, get that's my birthday. Uh, <laughs> June 23rd, oh, yeah, that'll yeah, be yeah. my birthday. We'll be getting tested a lot. I'll uh, make sure to ask every – fighter to say something about my birthday you should do that because it'll be my birthday 
Casey Kenny versus Lil Smoka, another big fight there, and Chris Gutierrez versus Vince Morales. So again, a lot of contender series veterans. Tim Tim Elliott, I was a little surprised to see him that far down on the card. No disrespect to him, uh, you know, but uh, I was a little surprised to see that he wasn't a little higher up. He's an exciting fighter facing a newcomer, Brandon Royville, uh, who, who Brandon was. Uh, Nolan King talked to him earlier this week, and Brandon was saying. It's it's kind of fun for me because I get to fight a guy that I've watched a bunch and he doesn't know nothing about me. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know anything. So I don't know, anything stand out to you as, as a name or a fight or, or anything on those prelims that uh, that you're looking forward to or people should watch out for. You kind of touched on well, you said Tim Elliott. I think any, yeah, I'm same. always I'm always into every He's Tim fun. Elliott fight. Yeah, yeah he, I, I just fun. love him during the fight week. I love his fights. I love you know what you're going to get. Um, same with Lewis Schmolka. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you look at this card, I mean, it is a this is a good card. And I know we say it a lot of times for some of these ones that they people tend to call stinkers. It's when you look down the line, uh, in every fight, there's a person or, you know, that that that's interesting it's and la- worth watching. Look, it's it. lacking on like if 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 I was thinking from a website operator's point of view, like man, what are going to be the big what? stories yeah. this week? I get it. It's lacking on star power. But if you're just saying, like, hey, man, on Saturday, I want to see some good fights, I, th- I think we got it. There's some good fights. Yeah. Even, even the uh, – I always butcher his name. Jim Hill. Hill? Jam- Jamal Hill. Yeah. Jamal. <laughs> Jamal Hill. Jim I wa- Hill. I want to I say all the the, sy- the syllables that I see. Jamal. <laughs> Jamal. But it's just Jamal. Like, I think he's – I think he is a – an ex- super exciting fighter. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm very, very interested in that fight as well. I agree. But if I had to pick one uh, without doing the the George Garcia claim every fight, I'm going to say the uh, the Tim <laughs> Elliott fight. <laughs> we were, well, it was so great. We were doing a uh, a video earlier this week, and, and and on the video we were asking him to, or Simon Head actually was asking him to like, hey, name one fight that you're looking forward to, and he, he named like seven. He went down the roster. Yeah, he went down like all of it. It's just like. What are we? What are we left <laughs> with? Like, what are we supposed to get? So great. Oh, see, so great. just never be ashamed to just repeat someone else's answer. I'm going to say Tim Elliott as well. Elliot. Like, so good. All right, uh, listen. Uh, we will have full coverage. We will do and a half on Patreon.com/slash The May Roadshow, which I think we got a lot of people's attention about uh, the Patreon. Uh, was this story with John Jones this past week, man? Yes. It was pretty wild. So th- here's I the story. I just wish people could hear it. Like I heard the interview, right? Uh, but I know that. Jones wanted it written. He didn't want to hear right. it. And I know a lot of people were asking about the sincerity and the other stuff. And you can't – it's hard to explain sincerity when you're reading something. I mean, I think you did a, a wonderful job of, of – Especially when of, you have a reputation like John, you know. Well, so here's what happened. You know? So it's just so everybody knows, here's what happened. This is crazy. So last week we were recording the episode, and I'm telling you, like, hey, you know, we, we closed up, shut the computer, good, done. And I'm, I mean, as, as soon, I mean, the moment we finish recording, my phone rings, and it's Abe Kawa, and uh, John's manager, of course, and uh, had no idea why he was calling. Now I was on furlough at the time, um, but we're allowed to do the podcast together because it's not a USA Today uh, owned property. It's ours. It's ours. Damn it. Uh, so I picked up the phone. Hey, what's going Spotify, on? Spotify. Where you at? Where you? At? <laughs> yeah. But we we don't even need you know. Give us like a tenth of Joe Rogan money. Uh, no. <laughs> Take much less than a tenth. <laughs> A one, a point. Uh, so pick up the phone. Just say, hey, what's, what's up, Abe? And uh, he's like, hey, you know, hey, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing. You know, he's like, hey, remember that interview that John promised you down in Houston? I'm like, yeah, of course, of course. He's like, he's ready to give it to you. I got him on the phone. And I was just like, uh. Fuck it. At least you were near a fucking like, recording thing instead of like being at a supermarket well, or something. Well, you're right. Not being a supermarket. Here's the funny thing is normally like if I'm at home, I have a bunch of uh, equipment and stuff. Because we had literally finished, we didn't have anything set up. Like it was the most 
Oh, uh, is that fight? Oh, fight yeah, it was Classic. it was a phone to that microphone right there. It was yeah. opened uh, up in a recording program on the computer. Uh, and yeah. then had but we got it done. But I will say, so you you hit up something, and I found this interesting. I found this really really interesting. John said, "Listen, if you don't mind, I would prefer this be a written story versus audio or or video." He's like, "I I I want a a written story," and I thought that was so interesting because I know we're in this day and age of you know audio, video, that sort of thing. I mean, it pays better and all that. But I kind of liked the idea of, like, he's like, I, I want my words on on paper. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you do interviews that are just video, I mean, that's the world we live in, right? Like, people just write two sentences and here's John Jones. And then all the stories are, like, one sentence here, one key sentence here, one key sentence there. Um, I don't know, man. I felt interesting that he wanted that. It that actually kind of re- – because, I, look, I don't get to write as much as I used to. I love writing. I really do love writing. It's why I got into this. But now the way the world has moved and the way it is, I don't get to write as much as I want. But I found it very interesting that John Jones said, I want this to be a written story. Um, and, and I don't know. It kind of gave me some faith and maybe that the written word won't go away, that it won't that be all audio video well, sometimes. I think so, and I think, I think sometimes too – you could tell that, and and part of it, what how why I read it as why he was saying that was, there was a lot of emotion. There was a lot of like moments where he's taking these breaths to figure out what I want to say. How pissed, and a lot of how, times, how, how how pissed off was he on the phone? Yeah, well, that's I mean, great. So so I think it was Moon. I think I believe it was Moon, our good friend Moon that we've known for a long time. That asked John, I don't mind. You know, I hope I hope you don't mind me asking this, but how sincere did you think John Jones was being? And uh, you're right. It, it would be nice to be able to judge sincerity, and that's a great yeah, question. Sorry to cut you off, yeah. by the way, Kenny, but he was no, he, he was emotional. He was emotional. That's it. And like and that and I think I think any person in the public spotlight or anybody probably would rather let me think out what I want to say. Let me come at you with the right thoughts, and let that be what comes out. Because he, there was a lot of moments of these like he take a pause sighs, and gather himself. These, these frustrations. Yep. You could you could sense the frustration. You could sense it, and that's why I say. Uh, in listening to it, and when I was sitting here listening to it, I felt the sincerity. I felt the frustration. I felt the, you know, and, and what I loved about it was that they trusted the fact that they knew that what he said wasn't going to get twisted. And that's why I felt where he was like, I want you to write this. And he was like, he was like, write this, Morgan. He was like, yeah. put this out. He's like, but it, it didn't feel weird to me at the time when he was like, just I just don't want this record because it would be like asking somebody – Say if there was something that was just dealing with uh, a loss in the uh, of uh, a death in the family or something, something that was emotional, but that you had something heartfelt that you wanted to say. The last thing I would want you to put out there is me in my moments of frustration or me fumbling over my As, words. I just was say, I felt know? it allowed him to speak more freely because he yeah. would say like I would ask him a question. He would say, you know, he would he would he would like you said he would take a deep breath and he would say. What do I, how do I want to answer this? And then you know what I mean. Yeah. What, what do I want to say? And we had technical you, difficulties too. I mean, the f- the call broke up a couple times. That is we, true. Yeah, I forgot we about lost that. Morgan. Do you, do you he was like lost the, John. He was in the point. mountains. Yeah, he was yeah. in the mountains or something. Do you think he knew that if you have it on spoken, uh, written down, it's more of a statement? Whereas if you have him on audio or video, sort of going, I'm unhappy about this, it sounds more like an, a rant. I think so. You know, do you think he understood yeah. that? Like, if I come across as audio, people are going to think yeah. I'm being a petulant. Yeah, because John's reputation as well is so bad. And I, I, think, well, I, I think there was one point where he even said, like, he was like, you know, before we even started, you know, I think he even said he's like, look, 
I'm not mad. He's like, I'm not trying to come at the UFC. He's like, I'm just honestly disappointed. Well, man. the the, the quote like, yeah. that stuck with me from your piece was, I feel like someone's put a ceiling on me. And that, I, that was a good. Oh, I, that stuck with me too. And that was the quote that I took away from it because I remember when John was suspended and Mayweather McGregor happened. He came back from that and he said, I took a lot of inspiration from Connor, like making the most amount of money he possibly could by picking his moment. Yeah. And I think John probably thought this was his moment with the heavyweight division. Like he could make the most amount of money he and could. I get it. And I absolutely. And I think if you know what he says is true they said oh when you move up we'll give you a bumper contract i would feel pretty hard done by like fuck so the per- term putting a ceiling on is pervious like so not only do this these ideas of how many millions i could make you've just taken away from them by that yep. like, i could think to myself oh, i'll fight in Ghana for this much i'll fight for world title at, at heavyweight at this much you know you're planning you the way we are you plan with that money already and it's all gone it's gone in one conversation yep so i could i understand completely why he'd feel frustrated and the term putting a ceiling on my limit is perfect as well it's a great description because man like he's the greatest of all time as dana said today in an interview with brad okamoto he said john jones is inarguably the greatest of all time in this sport so how much is too much then how much is too much for him because if he's the greatest of all time moving up to fight this murderous killer how much is too much i agree it's gonna be an interesting conversation that you know hopefully dana does a post fight uh, this weekend, and we can talk to him about it. I mean, as we've been recording this, we've seen it. Uh, you know, as you said, the interview with Brett Okamoto, where he said, like, ah, oh, John was asking for a certain amount of money. John has since taken to Twitter and say, basically echoing the sentiments he told me. We never even got to a financial discussion. Yeah. You know, now had Abe maybe floated a figure behind the scenes? But maybe you, you, you never know. And MMA and MMA management is a complex and flowy business. Yeah. So because you could even throw out a figure half-heartedly, be like, I don't know. Twenty-five million, and then that could get back to Dana. Well, Dana he like, wants twenty-five what? million. Yeah, you're so right about that. Yeah. I don't think people understand that. So let me actually talk to Dana this week. But anyway, I just want to share that story because it was. I know a lot of people were like, "What the hell?" Yeah. And in fact, I just wanted to let people know what happened. In fact, there and, and, and this is not the chief reason why I wanted to share it. I just thought people would be interested by it. But I did have some people that thought like, "Oh, bro, you really stuck it to your employers, whatever." I'm like, "That's really not it." Like, I it was just. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't trying to take a swipe. Like the rules of furlough are that you can't do anything for work. And so when I got this call unsuspecting... Uh, no, what you should have done is said, sorry, John Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to have mm. you talk about the UFC to yeah, me. I'm, I'm going to need this next week when I'm back working again. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting story just with the circumstances. Uh, so, But uh, to be clear, I was not trying to stick it to, to USA Today or MMA Junkie. I've been with MMA Junkie for like... 14, 15 years now, and, and it's, it's how I've supported myself and paid my life. So I wasn't trying to stick to them. It's just it was a weird situation. I was like, well, I mean, it's not every day that John Jones calls you out of the blue. And remember that? Remember that interview I promised you three months ago? Let's do it now. And uh, you know, taking it to Patreon was uh, was was the only way I could get it out there that, that I could legally get it out there, basically. Yeah. Not, but for people that do wonder about his sincerity, if I had to go on record and say, did I think he was sincere after hearing him hearing him in the interview? I felt he was sincere. That's true. Yeah. Not not to drag on the podcast yeah. for much longer than it needs to be, but do you feel like we're um, we've done these before over the years? But do you think we're heading to a moment? John wants more money. Ingani wants more money. Kamari wants more money. Masvidal wants money. Yeah. At a time when money appears Co- to be tighter than ever. Colby wants yeah. more money. There's a lot of your big guys that you need to. This is the time you strike. There's no other sports. This is the time. And now all the guys you want to turn to to strike with are saying actually time i get paid more do you think we're heading to a moment where 
either, and we've seen how this goes in the past, the UFC usually don't let that slide. I think they've let it slide for maybe two people in the history of their company where Connor can get a bumper pay rise and back in the day Tito got a bumper one. And I don't think they really enjoy doing that themselves. Do you think we're heading for a moment where big name fighters are going to say, I will not fight for a whole year if it means you don't pay me? Do you think we're heading to that moment? Because it just feels it feels like for the first time in a long time, it feels like multiple big names all at once. I mean... Even I mean, if you wanted to lump Cejudo in there, you could. You see, right? I, I mean, to be honest, the the, the ironic thing is, if Masvidal and Kamari were, and their managers were maybe not so at heads, they could work together to find themselves a much better deal, like Stipe and DC did back for the first fight. They yeah. worked together to get. But it seems to me, for the first time in a long time, we've got multiple big name fighters saying, "No, no, no, it's time I you get." You know what's it. interesting? You, you are right about that, and I wonder if this pandemic. And again, just kind of wondering and thinking out loud. I mean, the, the idea of the of the fighters ever coming together for an organization or a union, yeah. man, I've seen it for years and years and years and years and years. And Shit, it never even the journalists can't even do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? The people that cover it that say they should can't even really do it. Um, but you know what, man? Like, seeing now how, like, all the, the players' associations are able to push back. You know, like, yeah. I think Major League Baseball is coming out and saying, like, hey, that, that we're going to pay you, like, 25% or whatever. And they're like, yep. hell no. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. it's so I do wonder if some of the athletes are sitting back and like watching the power that these players associations have, especially right now, because of course they always have the, the power, but we, we never really hear about it as much as we're hearing about it right now. We're like the leagues are having to change everything on the fly. And whereas the UFC can just go, this is what we're doing. All these other leagues have to go, this is what we think we want to do. And now we just got to go make sure it's okay with the players. Yeah, it's a weird one because I don't. I, I think uh, speaking as a fan, I don't. This sounds really horrible, but I don't think a fighters' union is in my interest as a fan. I think if a fighters' union happen, I'm going to see a lot of fights not happen. I agree. I'm going to see yeah. a lot of stuff being stalled out. But if I was a fighter, you, uh, oh, John Jones can't get his pay rise for a fight with Ngannou, but you guys have enough money to rent an island, you know for a few months which incidentally by the way two days ago the US government just signed into law that foreign athletes are considered essential people that can now enter the country so you don't really need to fight except that the next day they blocked people from Brazil coming oh fantastic (laughs) of course they did (laughs) well that's not fair this government would never get mixed up but but my point is you know and then don't you wish you came from a country that their government was just run you know as efficiently (laughs) but I just think uh I just think we're reaching a bit of a moment, you know, and I think it, I it's, fu- it, it, it's funny to. that it's not someone, it's not someone like George, St. Pierre or Connor or Nate. It's not the ultra, ultra stars, but it's going to be like the, the tier below. It's going to be the Mazadols who are like, I I deserve more money. And yep. they do, man. They actually do. Of course. They deserve as much as they can get, man. That's yeah. the truth about so it. It's just a bit of a weird time in the sport. I, and I think you're right. I think this... We're all stuck inside. We've got a lot more time to think. <laughs> I think maybe some people are like, ah, I don't like this revenue split I'm yeah. seeing on TV. It would be the time to do it. You know, it's just unfortunate with a sport like this and with the athletes. It's not like they can sit out forever. You know, there's there's a, a fine oh, yeah, time so for when you can when you can operate at your peak level. And if you try to hold out and you want to try to hold out, some of these guys that maybe have done decent. Well, look at Nate. Like you Nate's know, out all the time. You know. Yeah, I mean, he's like a freak of nature. That dude's just crazy but it's like most of your average fighters don't have enough money saved up right now to take a year or two off of fighting you know and then would you want to step away from the game for two years and then expect to come back in because then at that point Sharp, you know yeah. on point, are you yeah. are you as good and there you got these young kids that have been training non-stop working their way up now have two more years of experience 
and and so the, the UFC is like, well, hey, if well, the old timers don't want to do it, we'll let the new crop. But I, I, this I, is the perfect time for them to try to start a union. I or wonder. I wonder if sort. I wonder if welterweight is the perfect example of what we're seeing. So, number one and number two, Jorge and Usman both want more money, but the UFC can't go to number three because Colby wants more money as well. And then you know, if they can't go to Colby, they want number four, who maybe says Tyron. He's going to want more money as well. And then Leon, he can come in and Kamara's going, I'm not going to fight him. So now Leon's like, I'll just take a fight. <laughs> yeah. Give me a fight. But, but yeah. so now they've literally got like four or three or four people in a row who are refusing to back down. It's an, it, you need to make the decision move. What, they're going to strip Kamara and have Burns versus Edwards for the title? They can't. Yeah. They can do what they want, but they can't do that. You know, it's And it's not even like the same dollar amount is needed for each guy. The number three guy may be could take a $50,000, $100,000 bump, which to one of the top-tier guys might be like, no, that's not good enough for me. I want 250 or 500 you know, more. Whereas like your, your, your fourth or fifth guy might have a, a bending point a lot sooner than some of the other guys. you know, And that's the whole point of them doing a sort of a joint collective where it's like it has to be this amount for everybody yeah. or we won't bend. Well, that's but that's tough going to a guy that's yeah. making – you know, maybe 80 and 80, which is great compared to a lot of the other fighters. And they say, okay, you're right. We're going to bump you up to 150. We're going to, in in a sense, double your salary. It'd be tough to say no to that, even though, you know, the other guy's like, no, I want I want a 200,000 yeah. increase. Well, I, you know, increase, talking you about know? quotes from the story, you know, Abe Kawa's quote where he was like, you know, the UFC's not taking any risk. Why don't they share in the risk a little bit? You know, like – it's true. I, I found that interesting. You're getting too. guys to fight in a global pandemic, by the way. Yeah, no doubt. I, I I found that I found that interesting because listen, I've always said that like I don't think that the financial discussions like comparing them to to stick and ball sports and stuff is always like an easy direct comparison because the UFC does have a lot of infrastructure and they have spent a lot of money marketing, getting the sport accepted, uh, you know, getting you know all the stuff that other sports don't have to deal with. So I understand that like they've got a little bit more overhead than some of these other league offices do, and, they, and that probably needs to be understood. But I thought the way Abe phrased it was perfect. Like, dude, we're going in there taking risk. Like, if you know this is going to be a hit, just put more on the front end. You know, and again, it goes back. I mean, that was an argument Randy Couture had back in the day. He's like, yeah. dude, I don't want to know some variable on the back end. Just, t- just yeah. pay, pay me what I just pay me a set figure, and you take all the bonus of, of all the years to know that. Is this year? Yes. Who the who would have predicted the coronavirus? It's absolutely reasonable for a fighter to be like, I understand the argument that John will make more in the backhand against Ngannou than he would against Dominic Reyes. Completely get that argument. Right. So that's in their interest to be like, you just wait. It's not in John's interest to have that fight booked and then the Friday before his fight booked, the biggest earthquake of all time happens in Europe and just like wipes out the continent and they still go ahead with the fight because right. it's the UFC yep. and then his pay per views are done like. There's no need for them, like so many variables. Just hit the nail, like they should have some risk too, like, like, and also, with all due respect to Dane, like you know he wasn't asking for a hundred million up front, right? You know what I mean? Like he probably wasn't. He was probably asking for double, and if his, I believe his upfront free reported for the Reyes fight was like half a million. Yeah, like, which we know those are crap. Yeah, those are crap. But 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 I, I, it will be interesting to see if we can get either a dollar figure or a percentage. If, if I was John, I'd put a dollar figure on Twitter right now. And say that's what I want for this fight, because then Dana has to respond to say that dollar yeah. figure is not worth it. That's ex- like if that's jo- if John puts out and goes, I want eight million dollars upfront for this fight. Dana then has to explain why eight million dollars is not worth it for Jones versus Ngani. And then people will do the math and figure out why it should be. Yeah, but I mean, how but how can you turn around and say John's not worth eight million at this point? You know. Oh, he has to be. 
Interesting. It's, an, it's a weird one. It's a weird, weird sport right now. It will be a continued discussion as this year goes on because I don't think we're getting crowds back anytime soon, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see if uh, people keep pushing their 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 merit a little bit. We'll see. All right, listen, we've talked long enough. We got beer to drink. We got, <laughs> got weigh-ins in the morning. Oh yeah, sure. kind of. <laughs> I know. It's, I know. It doesn't feel like a fight week. I'm telling you, it's so weird, man. We actually got to go to the weigh-ins in the morning, so we'll we'll cover that all. We'll have it all on MMA Junkie, and of course, we'll talk about it here. So in the meantime. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash cinema roadshow. That way you get an a half episode. If if anything else, let me just say thanks for listening.